Uh, all right. The, the latest applicants for new superheroes are being... Hey, 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 please tell me how you fit into Conan Vance. Ooh, I'm Universal Soldier. I combine the weapons and tactics of every military ever, which means I spin in circles a lot. I'm the platformer. Wearing the highest platform shoes I can find, I jump on everything and everyone. Oh, my ankles hurt. I am misappropriation. Watch me grab every last dollar for our organization that I can by filling out all the proper applications and bombarding our foes with paper cuts and paperwork. And I'm the temp, briefly familiarized with many things, but genuinely helpful at none of them due to my experience and lack of payment. To keep me around, though, I might be the best superhero ever. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Did you want good applicants today? It looks like the schedule was changed somehow. How sad. Your backlog, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the RPG Backtrack. It's continuing mission to explore games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. To seek out forgotten games and neglected classics. To boldly discuss what you have not played before. RPG Backtrack, the longest-running podcast about your favorite RPGs of the past. Get ready for in-depth discussion of plots, characters, gameplay, and more from the staff of RPGamer.com. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Bill Willis and Mike Minky. And this is, once again, RPG Backtrack. It's number 215, Captain Diabetes. I am, in fact, Bill Willis, and this is the one, the only, the very unique Mr. Minky. You are correct, Phil. That is an adjective that has been deemed applicable to me in the past, and presumably is still deemed applicable to me. So, thank you, I think. Well, that's what I'm here for, Mr. Mike. Making sure I use the right adjective to describe you. Well, I think we're not alone. We have, looks like a trio of very helpful people tonight. Some people approach. You have been encountered by... Oh, jeez, so many people. A Scarpenter... Yep. And I'm a here. Nixie. And here? Fuck this noise. And a Pascally Squiggly Leo. Hello, <laughs> doody. We got a lot of people Sorry, here on Backtrack. I'm the worst. Today. I just swear a lot. Why do you have me on Joe Jackie? Uh, it's probably because when we're talking about this this game, uh, it's going to involve some swear. Okay? But just remember, <laughs> swear is bad. Okay? Just, you shouldn't swear if you can. Okay? Just, yeah. 
So we have to warn our audience now that this uh, this show is going to have a little bit more swear than usual, but that's because the topic of this show is South Park. Uh, but it's not stick of truth this time. Also, I'm here. <laughs> The fractured butthole. Uh, I have heard fractured this title butthole. arose because Ubisoft refused to let Trey and Matt name it like, a single word butthole. So, of course, they named it two words butthole. But, <laughs> and uh, that totally slipped by. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, so, yes, expect lots of swearing that I am not going to uh, try to... Uh, Amper stand out in any way, shape, or form. You guys are going to get the pure, unadulterated backtrack tonight. Not that I good and proper. Yeah. So do we just get to fucking cuss with because we want? To? There you go. We gave everybody <laughs> fair warning. I just I can't tell you anything that I can't quote the game to you, so I can, but I can certainly cuss when I'm talking to you. <laughs> and you can certainly be in the spirit of the game when characters cuss at you with every other line. Well, shit. We don't take kindly to people like you in our town. Indeed. This is going to be the best fucking backtrack ever. We're going to make damn sure of it. So we're going to take a break so we can go so we can go fire all the censors and we'll be right back to get this fucking show on the fucking road. Welcome back. This is uh, the main event where we take a game and rip it a new asshole. This is South Park the Fractured Butthole. And once again, boys and girls, in case you didn't figure it out from the first segment, you don't want your children listening to this show today. At all. No, no, it's not appropriate for the Ever workplace again. either. So don't be playing it as, on your speakers at work. Knows from the disclaimer that is before this game and the show, these... No one should ever watch it or play it because it's terrible. <laughs> now, so let's get the fucking show on the road. Who wants to talk about this uh, this craptastic story? Well, I, I guess I can begin because this begins sort of at the end of the Stick of Truth, where Cartman, as the Keen, decides that we need to start playing superheroes now. And you go through a tutorial where you are, again, the new kid. And you are the king, and you are still playing fantasy by the rules of the Stick of Truth until the Kuhn appears and changes the rules to superheroes, and now you have to turn, learn it how to be a superhero. It's got a good way to drop all your uh, abilities from the previous game. And you have to choose... Well, of course, your origin story is very important when you're going to be a superhero, and no matter what you choose, you will end up in, the, in a flashback fighting a couple of burglars who are intruding and trying to wreck, wreak havoc in your home. 
only to still oh. not not succeed. And there was nothing you could do. Your dad fucked your mom. And and well, I'm maybe sorry, the mom can't. fucked the dad. <laughs> well, the way Cartman phrases the way Cartman phrases it. Is it so? It's just one fuck the other. Yeah, there's no reciprocation. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, new kid. And I know it's terrible to know that your dad fucked your mom. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you let's be bastard. realistic. The way that the way that they imply that your mom fucked your dad thing, like the way he says it, I'm like, are you a rapist, Cartman? Because you must be. <laughs> Like it's the way he applies it, right? You're just like, oh my god, dude! Like, was there no consent involved in this? Like, what were you thinking? It's horrific. Sam, my brain totally went there. Remember (laughs) what he has seen, what he has experienced, thanks to his mom. Um, (laughs) Be explicit. What are you talking about? Mrs. Cartman, who asks you to give out some flyers late in the game so that she can let everyone know she's back in business. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetie. I was looking for a way to get back in the business. Now, this oh. is the game where, um, it, just to make sure I'm not getting them uh, mixed up, this is the one where you uh, actually go into the parents' bedroom, right? In in like miniature form? No, that's Stick of Truth. Oh, oh okay. Stick, stick of Truth where you're the miniature form and then there's a ball right. sack that attacks you. Yeah. But there was plenty of reciprocation in that is what I'm saying. Like the, it was clearly yes. that that was not a one-sided act. Yeah. Yes. No. But to no, make it a is... superhero origin story? <laughs> it's traumatic. Very quickly. <laughs> This is the one where every day and every night you see that your parents hate each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, you bitch, you're just going to go drink more wine. At least I'm not more eating more pot brownies. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, that, that's their standard interaction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't call that particularly hilarious, but it does a pretty good job of establishing the, the new kid's home life. Well, that's it, right? As much as, like, they're having an argument, it's like, this is, like, your this darkest night. Just, just, you know. <laughs> and because you're eight, and you have only sort of know what that is, I mean, like, ugh. Like, no. No. Also, just, no again. <laughs> and you'll, you'll I mean, just know that origin story. Here. Let's look at all the facts here, right? Like, look at the facts. It's great. Like, no, no! I don't need to see this, but okay. We were all traumatized as children when our parents had sex. Well, I think this game kind of runs with that because um, I, I don't remember a lot of this personally um, from playing the game, but I, I, I kind of read up on it before the show. And there seems to be an inordinate focus on that topic being brought back up again and again and again throughout the, the plot. Every time you get the ability to have a new superhero class, Cartman has to go in and revise your origin story. So that, you, I don't know, that there, there's time there's an alien in the hallway Ooh. Or, sex. Yep. or the yeah you, there are more guys in the hallway and you get to demonstrate your new found superhero abilities on them but it always still ends with yeah you ran over to the hallway you tried to open the door but it was too late your dad had fucked your mom <laughs> there was nothing you could have done I'm, I'm so sorry new kid it must be horrible knowing that your dad fucked your mom <laughs> or as Kyle eventually learns Everyone's dad fucked everyone's mom, butthole. <laughs> yep. It's every. <laughs> Poor Kyle. Unfortunate most days that he has to be the voice of reason. 
Given his own trauma most days. <laughs> well, remember, Sam, poor Kyle has an adopted Canadian brother. Oh, the horror Canadian brother. We all knew Ike was the best sibling of all of them, right? I mean, you could punt him as a football. And, like, he had his own league of other underlings. It was great. I like I like Ike. Still hate the way South Park portrays Canadians, but I, I've accepted it now. <laughs> accepted it that we're sodomites and, you know, made of mimes. <laughs> Whatever fucking else. Oh, well, Celine of course, Dion. Of course, Sam, in the Fractured But Whole, we learn that we can't get into Canada anymore because there's a border wall. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, I, I know there's, uh, there's tons of good stuff on the other side here. Hey, I'm telling the new kid about all the good stuff he's, having, he's missing out on the wall. Oh, good. He should hear about that. No, we no, still like to let you through the wall. <laughs> and of course, all Canadians talk like that, right? Like, you know what? <laughs> They earned putting up their wall in that game, especially after what happened in Stick of Truth, which is still the best part of that game. Saskatchewan. <laughs> Meanwhile, Saskatchewan is currently the most hated, well, second most hated province in the country right now. So the Bishop of Banff. <laughs> That's Alberta, dear. Nobody likes Alberta right now. Well, don't forget they traveled to Canada in, in the Stick of Truth. That's right. Oh, yes. The whole country was portrayed. In the Kingdom of Canada, where, you know, the, <laughs> the, the royal palace of Ottawa. <laughs> it, one it, of the houses glory. of the Kingdom of Saskatchewan. And those Quebecers would deal with that. <laughs> like, no, nobody fucking likes Quebecers either. And we all know the only way to get to Canada is to take the secret path from the farm at the edge of town. Remember, you have to follow the only road. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I like that the logic is Canada has exactly one fucking road. They don't even name the correct only road, by the way. And, you know, th- th- it's fine. We are a monarchy. <laughs> yes, the, the Prince of Canada is well known to everyone. How much do you expect us to know about Canada, Sam? I mean, we're, we're Americans. We just don't know, man. Fuck. You need to know enough to not offend the Canadian on the show. <laughs> give me at least three legitimate facts about my country that are not South Park themed. Or the kids in the hall. Or even Harper themed. So you're saying that the royal wedding as portrayed on South Park was inaccurate? <laughs> Have a royal wedding in this country? Come on now. If that happened, the biggest scandal would be, oh my god, like, they didn't serve, you know, Alberta beef. Bring it out there. The more you know about my country, the better. Canada, we're your neighbors, god damn it. You can't just know about Justin fucking Trudeau. Ah! <laughs> I feel as if Trey Parker and Matt Stone have known that for a while and just ignored it. Uh, you know what? The wall was unacceptable in this game, okay? Well, Show how much the... y'all give a shit about my country. <laughs> well, after the new president that Canada wound up with to put that wall in place, it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Mr. Garrison is not in this game at all. I wonder why. 
<laughs> we, are we trying to suggest that Mr. Garrison might in fact be smartest person in South Park officially? Uh, I think that their original plan for Mr. Garrison was predicated on the figure he was imitating in some ways fading out and not being a fixture of politics for years to come. Oh. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that, that's treading a little too close to political stuff. Let's well, shy away from that right now. That, I know. <laughs> this game is really big on weird politics. I mean, <laughs> Mitch Connor! Yeah, let's get into politics and just keep bashing Canada. It's a South Park episode, <laughs> goddammit. Well, we can also talk about Dr. Mephisto and the need to to put extra no, asses no. onto everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mitch Connor, a.k.a. Jennifer Lopez. You, you didn't say AKA it right, Sam. Mitch Connor. Sorry, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. There we go. Taco, taco. I like taco. Oh, God, the taco. <laughs> I like tacos and burritos. Yes. Not political I'm at all. Already, I'm already hurting inside. <laughs> Having a conversation tonight is going to be hard because I'm also still offended about all your knowledge of Canada. <laughs> leave right now. You know that, right? You just fucking leave. I'm not even say sorry about it. I feel as if we got <laughs> derailed somehow. Fuck, we talked about Canada. <laughs> I have to be, as the only Canadian here, I have to remind everyone how important it fucking is. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> well, we, we love our Don't northern neighbors. Sam, as that a resident the Canadian, answer. you're not being nearly friendly enough as the resident Canadian right now. I don't have to be! You guys forget we exist! That's your whole thing! <laughs> But don't you like the the cute little 8-bit version of Blame Canada that's playing while you go up to the wall? Yes, I do. It's a I different will... version than was in Stick of Truth, even. I will concede that the bit with the wall and the 8-bit Blame Canada is easily one of the best bits of Finding Canada in that fucking game. I mean, it's the only instance of Finding fucking Canada. But, you know, I'll take what I can get. It's Connor! Well, I was going to talk about crab people. How about that? Mitch Connor, don't give a shit. Let's go. Come on, let's talk about him. Our evil villain. A hand puppet. That is elected mayor. Who ends up elected mayor. Only in South Park, people. Wait, so Mitch Connor is is attached to a fat little kid as a raccoon? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mitch. I knew you never, I knew you never wanted to know that I fucked your dad, but I did. Yeah, man, get tell me that. I don't want to know. I'll tell that Mike played this recently. <laughs> well, the rest of us yeah, who played it probably when it came out. Like, the beginning of this game is pretty brilliant. And I mean, like, this story is just so ridiculous. And I, I even argue, I actually think it's more ridiculous than Stick of Truth, because while Stick of Truth was playing on, like, cheesy fantasy tropes, we have more of a... the superhero tropes plus the political turmoil that kind of exists in the game. And, like, 
it goes well. Like it goes hand in hand. Like like you will laugh throughout this game, <laughs> even if it's like an uncomfortable. Oh my god! Like I can't believe I'm laughing at this. And I should be sure. Well, I mean, some of it is just like we're we're all everyone is so marinated in uh, in uh, Marvel culture now that you know it can't help but a lot of the jokes hit really well. You know. <sighs> all right, Civil War two. Here we go. And I mean, like. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Fasco. Uh, I particularly remember. I think it was an early game bit at the strip club. I think it's like your first <laughs> mission when you when you uh, get your your superpowers. Maybe. Um, I think it's you have the to first find... night. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, what is the peppermint hippo? That's the name of the place. And you Which and the um, so sexy. <laughs> it has something to do with uh with with <laughs> what's his name uh, Doctor. Uh, uh, diabetes or um, <laughs> finding juice for somebody, maybe I don't remember. But I do. Re- I remember what happens when you get to the strip club. That's that's the bit that I recall. Well, let's see. It's it, Captain Diabetes who is given all of his powers through diabetes, diabetic rage, <laughs> and yes, his diabetic rage when you fart into his face allows him to lift heavy things <laughs> because that's how diabetes works, right? <laughs> And you get to fight Randy twice that night because, oh no, Randy's red wine drunk. That's the worst kind of drunk. <laughs> now give me my fucking car keys. <laughs> Sir, you are not ready to drive. Then I'm going to get those keys from you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, spontaneous Boutte. Spontaneous Remember bootay. Spontaneous Boutte? Love Spontaneous Boutte. <laughs> you can't handle this Boutte! <laughs> Like every time she yelled that, I was just like, "No, you're right. I can't. You're gonna smush me with your ass, and I'm okay with her." We're, we're, we're skipping right past the uh, the grinding on the drunk old men mini game that you have to play before that. That's not, oh no, no, no. Yes, um, ten year olds oh. going into the uh, the. Um, the champagne the private, room, yeah, the champagne room, room with the, the drunk older men, and then you have to perform uh, lap dances and other such fun activities <laughs> by jamming the buttons in a certain order. Wait, wait, Pascal, uh, you can do this before, and, and I did, where you go to church and Father Maxi lets you into a room, and you find a couple of priests in there, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> while sexy music plays as they're talking about oh I always wanted to I never knew it would, the wait between children could be so long <laughs> and yes you have to beat the crap out of them and then Father Maxie chases them out but think of another game where you would face that priests after you because you're a child you know what priests want well, don't forget that later on, Jared show, Jared from the Subway commercial shows up. Yes, and he says things like, I wonder if we can all squeeze together into my before picture pants. Fuck. <laughs> the ball fights in this game are the best. They are. And remember what like, follows after that. They make you feel that. so uncomfortable while you're playing it. <laughs> Do you remember what follows after that in the police station when you face the H.P. Lovecraft inspired? And I suppose you're going to say that H.P. Lovecraft was racist. Wait, he was. I racist. That racist. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> With the H.P. Lovecraft creation that must be fed dark meat. It yeah. cannot be fed white meat. Or else it vomits. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this is, of course, after was, the... Wasn't it the show Niggeroth? I think it yes. was. 
show Niggeroth. <laughs> and that was part of the reason, like, they picked that was just what was in the name. Because <laughs> it was spelled that way, so I'm not mistaken. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it uses a U instead of an E. What a change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you... You have those optional quests for the police, police lieutenant Harrison, whatever is. Where first you have to find that uh, little crime stopper. This is very, this is very important. There's a drug dealer in this house, and you've got to find him. He won't look like a drug dealer at first because that's how impressive these drug dealers are. They can find their way into, they can worm their way into anybody's society. But you don't get to believe him. You have to take him out. And oh my goodness, you have to take down the drug dealer, who is Nicole's dad. <laughs> And then later you have to take out the other drug dealer, Token's dad. Ugh. Poor Token. Because of... <laughs> poor Token. Both games, poor Token. Well, I didn't know it and going in, but there is an achievement if you play on Mastermind difficulty as a black character. <laughs> Notably, it, ha- it seems to have very few people who have accomplished it on Steam. <laughs> I don't know what that says. There's just something wrong with that, Ma. The important thing is that you stopped racism in South Park. You did. And you also defended a helpless child from a drunk lunatic as a diabetes defender. And and you defeated the evil mutant tumor cousin Kyle. That was gross. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of gross things in this game, but the idea that he is the blob monster from Akira, <laughs> and, just, and just, like, he's, like, pussing out. Like, I still have nightmares of that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've I mean, got to guess you, everybody. I'm also, worst Kyle. Get everybody. Worst Kyle. <laughs> and then he turns into that. And it's just, oh, oh, sick and dope. Nope, nope, nope. Nightmares. They're all coming back. We, we must relive the nightmare in order to conquer it, Sam. We can do it. Oh. We can. Come on. Leave town. I'll be your... Oh, wrong show. <laughs> I also have to fight Crowley, and he's high. No, he's sober. You have to make him high right. in order to you win. Have to make him high to win. <laughs> That's, That's the boss right. fight, sober Towley. <laughs> he's trying to like, tell you how he's changed. <laughs> I've just got this really successful business, and then I've got a stupid fucking washcloth and a girlfriend. I don't want these people talking to me all the time. I got all these problems. What the fuck are you looking at? And then he fights you in the medicinal fried chicken facility, which you have to use your time-stopping power in order to get inside because there is a security system that says, you are a minor about to enter a facility with illegal substances. Leave now, or you will be destroyed. Like fighting Randy. That's what I'm getting out of this conversation. <laughs> All the other boss fights gave me nightmares except drunk Randy. <laughs> drunk Randy is the best Randy. It is the best Randy. I mean, he doesn't really teach you much, much this time around, but that's okay. No. Well, he teaches you who was keying the car. He was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best mystery to uh, solve. <laughs> I mean... I'm trying to remember because it has been a while. Um, this is the the game where you can go to like Soto Sopa and yeah, yeah. like oh, Bum yes. Town and all that stuff. <laughs> and there's you know the, the glorious Whole Foods. 
<laughs> that's when I stopped watching South Park. Like, I remember up to that point, and then anything after that, I'm like, I have no concept anymore. And you also get to meet PC Principal, and he gives you the ability to punch people out for microaggressions. Microaggressions! <laughs> There's a sixth grader. Oh, why don't you have your mom massage that for you? Microaggression! Also, is this the one where you also beat up Morgan Freeman? Yes. Did Morgan he started... like he had a taco joint or something? He, he runs a, a, a yeah, taco some kind joint. of a taco. I know he joins you later on, right? But I don't remember beating him up. Uh, you have to go behind the counter and punch him a few times in order to... I actually forgot to try that until it was too late, until I got locked into the end game. but... Yeah, Apparently, I know. Also, if you play a black kid, you can't fight Morgan Freeman, <laughs> even if you beat on him. So you have to play as a white kid. I'm just <laughs> reading the Chivo because I was like, wait, this was an achievement <laughs> was to beat up Morgan Freeman. But you had to be white. <laughs> Apparently, white people are dicks. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> I know, right? Like, mobs. <laughs> it's like Trey Parker and Matt Stone know some, some smart stuff every now and then. <laughs> Uh, I tried to do a lot of the trophies this game because I kind of needed to know what they were most of the time. <laughs> like, there's one about, you know, how you have to craft a macaroni picture for Moses, and that's really important. You gotta make Moses feel really good. Well, Moses is one of the summons now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the summons are really different in this game, come to think of it. Well, A, you get to use more than one a day. That was awesome. Yeah, one of them is a, a hamster or a gerbil. In I think a pirate's captain's hat or something like that. Um, no, that's that's it, that's Super Trent's in, in, initial uh, ultimate attack. Is it Lemmy Winks? Yes. Yeah, well, it's not Lemmy Winks himself, is it? No, it's it's Stripe, the uh, the hamster that you have to return to Tweak in order to reconcile Craig and Tweak. They were such they, a cute couple. And then you have to be there when they get counseled, and Mister Mackey summons grievances and arguments and miscommunications and has you literally beat them up. Such a sweet couple. Man, they gotta they gotta work through their differences. I mean, there's so much Yahweh of them that you have to pull out. <laughs> Believe your ass I collected all of it, by the way. No one should be surprised. I think I did too. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> and then your final Yahweh picture is not of Trake and Tweak at all. It's of the coon and human kite and tool shed. <laughs> it's not cute, but shown in love. No, not when it's five people all the time, all of a sudden. Or D's. I will and say the other, like, collect. Look, the other important collectible man got to be mutual followers with everybody. And then there was little stories to go with those. My favorite still being Stan, French grandma. <laughs> still in there. You didn't like getting a condom for Stan's grandpa so that he would do a selfie with you? Stan's grandpa is one of the most terrifying characters in South Park, okay? He wants to fuck everything, or he wants to die, or fuck things and die at the same time. We want our licenses back! Come on, Billy! country kitchen buffet back. What actually matters. Then they're licensed. And more money in Medicare. And those darn kids yeah. to stop skateboarding on the sidewalk. <laughs> so I think uh, I'm and... getting from like this conversation that <laughs> I must have really liked the first one better because I don't recall almost any of this. <laughs> that's, that's actually the thing. 
it was fun to play, but do I remember it? No. Like, Mike, because he's got the freshest brain of all of us, is giving us all these things like, yeah, that was kind of funny, but I don't remember it that well. <laughs> I remember the episodes it's ripping off. Well, let's see. It, like that. It's not, yeah. He's not named, but you have to help a gay fish get his mom into heaven through a Flappy Bird clone, apparently. That's also out of an episode, I believe. It is, but you the gay fish was named in that episode. For some mm. reason, the gay fish is not named in this game. It's just gay fish. <laughs> Although, if you've seen the episode, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Oh yes, you go. You assist the gay fish because seaman helps you. Or seaman. I'm sorry. Seaman. <laughs> well played. Now that I'm looking at the list of summons, though, I remember thinking they were all pretty funny. I mean, you got fucking classy with the dick in her name. <laughs> and then then oh, Jimbo man, just come out of nowhere and shoot everybody. <laughs> it's coming right for us. Coming right for us. And then, and then there's. Gerald, who's drunk off of cat piss. <laughs> you know, and is convinced he's still in an episode of Heavy Metal. Flying the Heavy Metal Bomber, of course. That episode traumatized me, by the way, when it first came out. Like, I always love the parts that are heavy metal, but every time it always came up with the damn cat urine, I was like, that part's really gross, but the bits with the woman with the crazy boobage, like, that, that, that's fine for me. I've been to that. This, this is acceptable. Well, remember that cat urine plays a major role in this game too. The, the police, like the police are the, the South Park police are putting cat piss into everyone's illegal drugs to make crime go higher. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and yes, you get to see the police, Yates, police captain Yates. Get squirted by cat urine right in his face. Mmm. Oh, thanks. That's gross. Does he ever uh, put on his um, special undercover outfit? No, but you can. You find it as as one of the many, many pieces of clothing that you can wear. No, he just puts on some monk robes for when Shunigurath is getting sacrifices fed to it. In the basement of the police station. Uh, oh, oh yes, and the gay fish and seamen take you. Once you get the gay fish's mom up to heaven, you get to meet Jesus, and he lets you choose your race. I chose a Pacific Islander Tibetan. I don't remember what I picked. I know what class I was. I do remember that because I believe I picked an assassin. I wanted everything to have the bleed damage because I remember in Stick of Truth, if anything had the uh, the bleeding status, like, things died really quickly. Yeah. Like, I don't really remember, like, what race, air quotes, I was. I think you can go back to Jesus and change it if you want. Just like, the- well, just like Mr. Mackey allows you to change your sexuality whenever you want. I, I chose to be an asexual well, that means you're not attracted to either. Is, is that okay? I'm, all right, you're, you're an asexual. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, bits of this, and that that's where I am, I am drawing a blank. Like, there were things well, about this game I remember, unfortunately, disliking more than liking. The story was not really the issue, but, like, I mean, 
I'm gonna change for a second. Fucking combat system in this. Fucking hated it. Okay. Fucking hated good. every instance of it. I'm not the only it, one then. <laughs> no, it, it, this is this is the thing that like I kind of wish they had left it alone. Yeah. From stick of truth, because that worked fine. This it was so easy to box yourself in and not be able to necessarily read the description, like especially if something had a radius. Mm-hmm. So often, like you end up fucking yourself. And it was just like, slower. I just didn't like it. It was as much. very I mean, slow. Yeah. And it's weird. I usually like tactical RPGs or tactically inspired stuff, but this just, it was just way too slow. And that's it. Because we're moving from something that had a little bit more like speed. I mean, the other thing is, I found Stick of Truth's battle system. I think truthfully, like it was a it was a little quicker. It was a lot more straightforward and. I think, like, it benefited from the simplicity that it had. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, the time button presses were kind of annoying um, and didn't always work perfectly. But in this game, um, like I said, it's just, it's really easy to box yourself in so many different situations. And I also found it was actually easier to die in the, like, it was so easy to fuck your. Yeah. I'm trying to. I don't think I died in combat offhand. I, I'd have to go back and look at that. I died a lot of times from the stupid little things. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't supposed to go up to the sixth graders yet. How do you know that? Because if you go up to them, you're dead. You don't even get to fight them. They just kill you yeah. immediately. It's not even that I like. I would say I got game overs because I don't really remember getting a lot of game overs. It was just more my party members would stupidly die. Mm-hmm. And then trying to go resurrect them was a pain in the ass because, like, how many the, party the members The resurrection did you have at items time? you have to be within a certain range in order to use, oh. and sometimes if they died on the other side of the field, then you're Fuck. shit out of luck. But that's it. Like, the radius, I found anything that had a radius in this game was pretty awkward to make work most of the time. Like, you're sitting there and you're like, I know I should be able to technically hit both these guys, but the radius is suggesting I'm only be hitting one too. Um, and that was especially for characters like, um, I think, like, Token was one of the ones that had radius dealies. Um, there's another one I'm thinking of as well. I think it was it was either Kyle or Stan. Or yeah, Toolshed. Love Toolshed. Um, but yeah, there were certain characters, I think, just based on their classes, like, you either had to get up too up close and personal... Which Mysterion what is the worst for that with me. I mean, Mysterion is the only one yeah. who can do things when he's dead, but he still seemed to die all the time for me. Yeah, of his goal. But like, anytime you had to be up close and personal, I mean, this game was also kind of cruel for. And I, again, I don't know how it was on PC. I'm just going with what was on the PS4. The enemies had more luck in getting critical hits than you did. The way they were trying to amp the difficulty, but not actually correct. Um, like, the playing field, like, there was just something about Fractured But Whole that, <laughs> Fractured But Whole, um, that just sometimes felt a little unfair. I wouldn't say, like, it was unbalanced, but it was definitely one of those things where it was just like, great, I'm trapped between the two priests, they're gonna fuck me now. Great! You know, and, like, you had to find a way to outmaneuver them, but, I mean, again, I don't know if that was just maybe the class that I picked as well. Like, yeah. it might have been... Or, I, d- I didn't have a problem with the priests because I, I had a class. I don't even remember which one I started. I'm just using first. that as an example because I sure. honestly don't remember, right? Like, I remember <laughs> just it, hating that you, battle system. If you don't have something that has a knockback capability, then you're screwed in a lot of fights. But, oh my goodness, it, you're, like, you're like, screwed when the priests are going to attack you. Ha ha ha. Again, I played an assassin. Assassins didn't have knockback. What did I, I regard, They They were strong. 
I remember that. Like, I remember playing the assassin would, again, provide the bleeding element to a lot of, uh, or effect to a lot of the enemies. But, like, again, I'd have to get up close and personal. Sounds like everybody... That wise like doesn't work. No, I liked it. Yeah, maybe I, I be, maybe of... because I had better luck with my class selection. And that's it. Like I wonder sometimes how bad class hmm. him can play into. It. That could be. See, I also liked it better than um, the Stick of Truth, but um, I think it's more like Sam. You said awkward, and I think that kind of describes how Stick of Truth was for me. That I, I just felt that the combat system was awkward for me. I guess I could never really get it right. I didn't get a good feel for it. Um, but looking back, I. I I don't remember really struggling uh, with uh, fractured but whole, and I don't remember it standing out in any particular way. It was just different and worked a little better for me. But in the end, probably not in a way of uh, of really being um, like an amazing improvement because yeah. I think the combat was just. You know, I think for both of the games, you just like I always felt like it was just something. Uh, like I just want to get through the combat to see what comes next in the like the crazy like roller coaster yeah. of the story, you know? Yeah, and I I think that's absolutely true. Like I I feel like this is one of those games where if they had just give you a, gave gave you a really stupid combat system that was just you can punch the enemy really really hard and move on to the next thing, I think I actually would have been fine with that because again, it's you're not playing this, these games for battle system. You're just not. And I mean, I know that. It seems like the developers tried really hard. Um, I don't really agree that either battle system is good. Like, I like Stick of Truth slightly more, but I liked it based on the class that I played, and I had a bit of an easier time. Whereas I know people who played certain classes in that game, and yeah, they had a rough go. And then vice versa with this game, it's it's got that same issue, right? Where whatever class you pick, you're kind of pigeonholed. But so if you like... pick something... Is the tactical oh, aspect sorry. just better suited to the, the superhero uh, roleplay? I, I wonder that, and I, I, I think it does. I do. But I, I also think do. You, you have enough options in Fractured But Whole that if you're stuck for something for a moment, you can just swap out your moveset and put in something else that might help out more. Um, None of the other characters can do that, just the new kid, but it's still a level of flexibility that could be really helpful if you want to get deep into it. And I... If you're going to get that particular trophy, you have to play the game on Mastermind difficulty, so you better get used to it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't either. I have enough fucking game to play. Like, I'm going to play anything on, like, a Mastermind or Nightmare difficulty. Well, I definitely that pulled myself up by the boot well. How's that? I don't blame Easy you at all. for me now. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... There is a lot of this game, like that does feel very forgettable. Like, I remember the collectibles. You know, I remember Mitch Connor because you don't forget <laughs> Mitch Connor. He will give you nightmares. And uh, yeah, do rem- like, Oh, do you remember all of Butter uh, Professor Chaos's minions? I don't! <laughs> the I minions he got because they came at such market-friendly rates? Uh, I, d- I don't... <laughs> But I remember I the the raisins girls and how they always kept <laughs> kept showing up and following you everywhere. And I hope it, is that what they were called? I think they were. Yeah, the raisins girls. Yeah. <laughs> now Professor Chaos has somebody gave him twenty thousand dollars, and he hired a whole bunch of Spanish accented people to work oh. for him. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, I love, I do love the superhero element yeah. because. Like, Again, 
you have kids level creativity with pool shed, Tupperware, and Timmy being basically Professor X. <laughs> that's that like I, I think Pascal's right. Like I think that's the element of the game that people remember more is like, well, how ridiculous can this get? And then it it just gets worse. So, right? so Jimmy, Jimmy attacks with like lightning speed on his crutches, where he actually like, circles the globe and attacks from behind. <laughs> what what was Jimmy's character's name? I know he was supposed pass. to be the plot. Yeah. Pass, pass, that's right. He was also the quick travel in the game, <laughs> which I love. Then go quickly. I think some of it may just be like, you know, that first, the first South Park game, like, I think it probably stunned everyone that it was actually good. How many times do we actually get a good uh, licensed game, much less a good licensed RPG? And everything just kind of clicked perfectly for that first one. And so the second game is just kind of like, well, you know, it's more of the same. It's just not quite as special as the first one. Especially because some of us played South Park on the Nintendo 64 long, long time ago. (laughs) Oh my! I so you played. Let's see. There's the the South Park Racing game. The was Chef's Love Shack on N64. I, so the one I played was the first person turkey shooter. Right. And then there was um there was a, a side scrolling um, platformer on like Xbox Live or like it was digital called Tenorman's Revenge. You know what I was slightly disappointed by in this game that. Trent Boyette never showed up as some kind of super boss. Does anybody know who that is? I'm not sure who that is. I'm trying to remember. Like, that's why I was like, Boyette, who's that? The, the preschool episode not... with the teacher who was in the the Iron Lung because she'd been burned in preschool. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, nope, still I mean, no. like, I, okay. I, I only semi-remember, again, some of these characters. <laughs> This is someone who's like who stopped watching South Park. I think my biggest issue with Fracture But Whole is that it it's safe, right? It, it doesn't really add anything to what Stick of Truth did. I don't even know if I like the story as much. Like I I like them probably about the same in that like I've forgotten both of them, so they're probably fine. But Stick I mean, of Truth had a I, stronger like end game to it. Yeah, I mean, like, you're getting to the end, and, you know, there's the castle, they have their war, Princess Kenny, like... Um, I'm pretty sure you have to travel through somebody's colon at some point. Or you do! Do you and remember I think, that? I think that, based on the episode it's on, like, I think that's actually where Stick of Truth gets a little bit of his strength, too, is, you know, the episode of them traveling with the VHS tape... Is super memorable, and it's one of the earliest. It's an early episode, you know. I mean, there just wasn't enough butters being Gollum half the time. <laughs> Whereas this one, I mean, they managed to do multiple episodes with the Coon Friends. So if you didn't really watch those Coon and Friends episodes, there, there's definitely some jokes that I think go over your head. Um, and I think also just for like people who didn't watch the seasons with with Soto Sopa, um, I think there's elements there where like well, something's probably really funny last season that they had when they were working on that game. I think it was. Wasn't there also kind of a repeated it setup? Was very, very repeat. No, the, they did the 20th season afterwards, and the only real mention of that in the game is the member berries. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the whole setup of um, uh, Kuhn, uh, well, the Coon himself wanting a, 
like a what does he have a roadmap for his um, superhero uh, cinematic universe or whatever he wants to do? But that's that's literally ripped out of an episode. I mean, I think that's the exact same thing that we saw on like the show on on whatever season it happened. Yeah, it it was right there, it, season twenty one. I remember this because yeah, I'm a South Park nut. Uh, yeah, he even has a a plan where they're trying to call Netflix. Hey, this is Netflix. You're greenlit. This is Netflix. You're greenlit. That. That was also the episode where uh, Mark Zuckerberg came to town. Anyway, Instagram. Instagram was great. I don't use Instagram. (laughs) This has not made me want to do it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm with you. I do not have an Instagrammers. That's too much work for me. I've had people say, you should make an Instagram of your dogs. And I'm like, that's still too much work. (laughs) Especially because, like, my bulldog's very cute. But he basically only has like four poses. I mean, not, to me, I'm like that's not interesting. I mean, I'm sure people would be like, "Oh, he's so cute," but I'd be like, "You're just napping or sticking his tongue out, or possibly getting knocked over or making a grumbly face." That's that's four. <laughs> Instagram in a nutshell. But I mean, I like that collectible. I thought that was great. Like, just you know, wait, that's not a collectible. I was thinking of like the Facebook friends. Is that from the first game or the second yeah, game? Am I confusing everything? You have to be I'm everybody's friend. Do they Pascal, you're making that? me feel less creepy. Uh, well, you can see the list of people you're following on Instagram. I, I don't know. Is that get similar enough? It's similar enough, I think. I mean, because I, I know you can go through it. Because you Facebook have, is out now. It's you so, have you know, more people you can follow on Instagram. I did like the I'd... random picture that was on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the Instagram messages were pretty funny. What? I don't remember them, Mike. You'll have to enlighten us. Uh, sorry, I didn't take a picture of any of those. <laughs> trying to look up if I remember any of them. Oh, there's one with Jesus. <laughs> I can't read well, it. It's too small. Well, well, of course Jesus will follow you on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, um, the I want to say I like the second game better, but the first game had the uh, the abortion clinic with the, the Nazi zombies. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really point to too many moments from the the uh, from the the fracture bread hole to like to talk about. There's a few, but well, let's see. The final day, you go through Doctor Mephisto's lab, and yeah, you're fighting things with many many asses. Like all of these sixth graders have multiple asses, and these dogs have multiple asses. While Craig is complaining, what possible purpose does that add? Why would you do that? I don't understand your question. <laughs> I'm actually actually looking at Instagram messages, and there's a really funny one with Captain Diabetes. It says, I'm putting the final touches on my superhero costume. And Super Craig goes, dude, people are going to figure out your secret identity. <laughs> because, of course, Captain Diabetes is a moron. <laughs> Stupid child. There's also and one with, like, other Kyle, and I, I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, so on I the final day, you just left. Doesn't see the purpose of of, of questioning multiple asses. <laughs> you you get out so of Doctor Mephisto's lab. You needed to advance time in order to defeat the evil mutant manifestation of Cousin Kyle, which means that you're far into the future, and Mitch Connor is now mayor of South Park. So you must go to heed the call of Morgan Freeman in order to find the super taco in Encherita, which will allow you to 
go back in time with the power of your farts. And you do, and you go, you instead go farther in time where you go and have to fight the Christmas critters with Santa's help. I think, I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe the plot is just too far fetched. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know. Once once Santa starts bashing on those Christmas critters, it's pretty unbelievable. I I fucking hate, hate the Christmas critters. I hate them. When I got to beat them up, I was so happy. Ugh. Fuck, I hate those things. And oh. then you finally go back in time and go back to the very beginning of the game where everyone is still playing fantasy and you have to fight your own past selves. Like Kyle with his infuriating hits everybody on the field archer, uh, archery attack before you beat yourself up in the past in order to fight to find Cartman and confront him and yep there's Mitch Connor on his hand <laughs> and then he takes you back again in order to have yet another flashback where sure enough your you dad fucked him out there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> and finally you get to him about to be inaugurated and you must fight each other while Kyle is also having Mitch Connor on his hand and that leads into the boss fight where I th- I'm pretty sure you had to kill them simultaneously because that's what I did. And Mitch Connor's mom on Cartman's right hand has an argument with him over the trauma that led to Mitch Connor being so hateful. <laughs> what is it because Mitch Connor's mom fucked Mitch, Con- Mitch Connor's dad? <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Mitch Connor never got over it. It comes full circle. Got over it. Now, you know what? Well, Maybe there's some kind why, of like... why did you never let me get over it? <laughs> I never wanted to. I never wanted you to get to get, get fucked by dad. I'm sorry, Mitch, but I couldn't stop it. <laughs> there could be some brilliance in that because consider who's who's actually whose hand that is, and and why would Cartman maybe I don't know have trauma related to you know like your dad fucked your mom. <laughs> hint, hint. Cartman's mom. Yeah. Did anybody else get the? After you deliver those messages to Skeeter's bar on behalf of Cartman's mom. You have to fight a pimp and his two hoes who think that Cartman's mom is infringing on his business. (laughs) And your only attack is pimp slapping. (laughs) And if you pimp slap the hoes, then they'll stay charmed on your side for a little while until (laughs) the pimp slaps them back. (laughs) Yeah, so once Mitch Connor has the argument with his mom and it's revealed that, oh, Yes, the police were putting cat urine into everyone's drugs. I, it ends with, let's go get some clean drugs and alcohol from the neighboring town. Yeah! And that's it. And that's the end. <laughs> Sensible conclusion. Well, it's a very South Park conclusion. <laughs> and, of course, there are crab people in town. You must stop them from taking over D-Mobile. Puny customer, D-Mobile has the greatest bargains. You will submit. <laughs> Oh, not just remembering no. it. No, what, what, so no I it remember D-Mobile? it, but just yeah. <laughs> mobile crap. Do, do you not like the part where, in order to get yourself on Freedom Pals, you have to fight your way out of the senior home? But actually, wants to go to the seniors' home. <laughs> well, I didn't, but you still have to sometimes. <laughs> not me. That's just how life goes. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Not me. Remember, guys, my parents are dead. 
and your grandparents. One living grandparent. He's still convinced that like he's a biker, but has had like two quadruple bypasses and refuses to go to a home. He also drives a motorcycle. Okay, that 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 seems sensible. So I mean, like I'm like. So how is he convinced that he's a biker? You say that as if it's not true, and then you say he has a motorcycle. Because he's still trying to do like the whole like I'm a hell's angel. And it's like you're 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 eighty, Grandpa. Please stop. Also, please don't drive the motorcycle. I'm scared you're going to die on it. Oh, maybe you want to die on it. I can't tell anymore. <laughs> Being like, you know what? You do you. <laughs> you know what? He, yes, I say that, but it's like, you know, he's, not a, he's not a real biker anymore when you think about it. He's got the bike and stuff still, but he's just like, I know what's going on. It's like, no, you don't. You don't even know how to make proper turns anymore. But okay. Your quadruple bypasses. Because again, he has had, had two of them. That's why I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be on the bike anymore. Oh, well, yeah. He's he's pushing his luck to see how far he can get away with, I guess. I guess. Uh, oh, I mean, of course. You you are attacked by ninjas in South Park. Damn? Yep. Uh, ninjas. I'm I'm sorry. The city ninjas. Yeah, we shitty ninjas. We got to fight you because we, we shitty ninjas. Oh, can you keep that ninja star back? That's very expensive. <laughs> Love Mr. Kim. <laughs> Well, in the in the previous game, he had to deal with the Mongolian hordes coming into town. Yeah, true. He did. This time, you have to pay him five thousand dollars in order to get the contract taken off of your head. And I never managed to do it. I never got Mr. Kim to jump to follow me on Instagram because I didn't I did. have five grand. I did. You did? Because I'm pretty sure I did get that stupid trophy. Look, I like stupid collectible trophies when they're stupid. And Coonstagram was stupid enough for me to be like, I need all of it. I got the trophy without having to do everyone. There are there are some spare people. I wanted everyone. Oh, dear. I thought the trophy did mean everybody, so I think they did it and then didn't realize that, like, I totally had the trophy. I'm kind of a dip, okay? <laughs> hey, I kept wandering around the, ho- the Soto Sopa homeless encampment trying to get the trophy. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps for taking every last bit of change you can find on the ground there. Really did that too. Some of those bits of change are really hard to spot. Yeah, they are. And I got the achievement for using fart core to get to the top of Soto Sopa. Oh yes, we mentioned the diabetic rage, but with human kite, you can use fart core, which is kind of like parkour, except you use farts to ascend. Core. And with Toolshed, you get to use Sandblaster to blow away all those piles of annoying lava, which are otherwise known as Legos. <laughs> and the last move you get to use... What the hell is it? Oh, of course! It's when you're with Professor Chaos, and you shoot the minion out of your ass and short-circuit things. Yes. Here you go, little minion. <laughs> Yes, Professor Chaos, who has the boss fight where he's made out of a gigantic thing made of tinfoil with tons of Spanish-accented minions making it up. Hey, Professor Chaos, that hurt, man. Don't let me. Don't make me do that again. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you have four people who can help you advance on the screen through all through the use of your ass and farting. Because your farts are so powerful that they can change the flow of time. Well, that there, there's a story reason for that, though. Oh yeah. Um, 
so I, I don't know when it gets revealed, and I barely remember this even to begin with, but at some point we learned that something about the new kids, uh, parents, and the witness, I think a witness protection program or something. They have special powers. They, they escaped from a government institution where they were mm. being experimented on because of their amazing ability to recruit followers. <laughs> Oh, and in Dr. Mephisto's lab, you get to have the wonderful scene where in order to get out, you have to choose one of your parents to kill. <laughs> you get to either rip mom's arm off or you get to squeeze dad in the the whatever it is, the, uh, the Iron Maiden looking thing that you are kept in for scientific purposes. I ripped mom's arm off. But then because you go into the past, you get to change the past and they love each other again because they tell you about yourself instead of repressing it and drinking and smoking and eating pot all the time so that they promptly start fucking each other. <laughs> uh, and all's right with the world again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is not a very linear guide through the game story, but it's a good guide to the experience of playing something based in South Park, I think. <laughs> It sounds like a nightmare trip. <laughs> that is an applicable though, descriptor of South Park sometimes. I mean, I might have to replay it at some point. <laughs> I think from, a lot of it will seem as if the first time, it, it'll be the, it's play, like playing it for the first time all over again. Well, then I have to, bro to broach the DLC a little bit. I know there's some, U actually, I have to broach other Ubisoft crap in a little bit because that's what annoyed me most about the game. But you play the worst thing in the world? Oh, yes, you play, which adds an extra layer of connectivity that can just go straight to hell and fuck right off. Because I don't know, Sam, Josh, Pascal, do you feel like in a game with so many other cosmetic collectibles, you need to be reminded that only with the UB Club membership can you get these last few that are viewable all of the time, but only if you buy them in UB Club can you have them? Oh, that sounds like the fucking shit. I'm going to download you play right now. <laughs> or at the title screen, do you want to be reminded that there is an I, a South Park phone game? Phone Destroyer. Which See, I... you, you played on PC, so you had to suffer that. PS4? Didn't really have that, bad. Yeah. Or if it I was will there, say it was super much easy for to you... ignore. <laughs> Well, Sam, I will say this for you play now, as opposed to whenever I tried to play Child of Light on PC, I could actually get it to work this time. That is an improvement right. over last time. So <laughs> you did do it. With this game, Child of Light, I ended up playing on Vita because I could never get it to work on PC. Thanks, Ubisoft. That was very helpful. Not Survive. Anyway, the DLC. There... There's something about Towelie where Towelie becomes your gaming bud. Oh, man. If you look around, you might find some some things that you can manipulate in the background. That's probably pretty important. Uh, I'm not, I don't remember what I paid for that, but more Towelie is not a bad thing. There's some cosmetic stuff. There's a thing called the Danger Deck, which I didn't even try because it's just a whole bunch of battles. So, where you, so you, just, you just take Towelie in, into the... The same locations that the main game has, and no, he, he appears in on the screen and gives you little tips, but he's he's not physically there. He'll just chime in with a couple of lines about whatever you're facing at the moment. That's DLC. Yeah, mm -hmm. sounds a little odd. Uh, 
I'm going to chalk that up to Ubisoft <laughs> because Ubisoft sucks ass. <laughs> and anybody at Ubisoft who hears this, you know where you work. You know what it does. <laughs> okay, then we have the two big pieces of DLC. From Dusk Till Casa Bonita is first. And this one, you get to board the DLC bus, which takes you to Casa Bonita, <laughs> where you meet Mysterion, who is trying to get his... My sister Karen has been abducted by the vampires. She doesn't understand just how lame and sucky they are. We've got to get her away from them. And you enter Casa Bonita. Mysterion, you're locked to the team of Mysterion. The coon, who is, of course, locked up in Black Bart's cave, but once you take a selfie with him, he is free to help you. And a new character, Henrietta, the goth girl. Do like the goth kids. They make me laugh. Well, I should tell you this, Sam. If you do, if you go into the DLC and get her, she, she can be with you in the main game. Yay! <laughs> oh, there's one less conformist in the world. <laughs> she says that a lot when she kills things, <laughs> and she has a unique class of well, of course, because uh, I hate vampires, but I'm not playing your stupid little compact game. <laughs> and you must go and free Karen by wandering around Casa Bonita and fighting vampire kids. <laughs> Until you get to the top where Mr. Adams is the master vampire. Hey, hey everybody. Yeah, this is my headshot. I, I know you wanted a real twist, and this is the real twist. Look at me. I'm the, I'm the master vampire. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, we like to have fun here. <laughs> but that's just, the, that's just the penultimate boss fight. The real final boss of this DLC comes when he tries to summon Corey Haim, patron saint of the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. He doesn't summon Corey Haim. He he summons someone who says, no one wants to be defeated. Oh, all this combat is so ignorant. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, then, yes, that is your final boss of Casa Bonita. <laughs> uh, Which is why you should... I'm going to have to pull this game out. <laughs> yes, you know you must play it. <laughs> He is never named as anything but Corey Haim, but you know who he is. <laughs> Mr. Jefferson, of course. Of course. Why and is he named Corey Haim? <laughs> there's even a neat final boss theme for him that sounds kind of like the man's music a little mm-hmm. bit as he moonwalks every time he fights. <laughs> so That actually does sound brilliant. <laughs> And that sounds the a little other... bit more memorable than some of the stuff that was in the main game. <laughs> well, I'm probably going to remember it forever because how can you not? Oh, no, stop doing that. That's so ignorant. Why, hate, why are you hitting me? It sounds like it actually has like, a, you know, like a straight through line from beginning to end of like a mission. Yeah. Where from, I mean, I don't remember it, but even from from like your descriptions of of the main game, it's it's so jump. It's just like let's throw as much crap at the wall and see what sticks. And it might have been funny, but it doesn't make for like a memorable experience. Really, I can't tell you how long I will remember the main plot after this because I stopped playing the game just four days ago. Yeah, four days ago. <laughs> so it's fresh. Which is apparently good that I'm here because it's not fresh for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, and the other big piece of DLC, Bring the Crunch, where you go to Lake Tardikaka and Jimmy as Fast Pass and Professor Chaos and a new character, 
Mintberry Crunch. Oh, I love Mintberry Crunch. <laughs> and he also has a unique, actually, in both Casa Bonita and Bring the Crunch, you get a unique class that you can use also with unique moves that are pretty good in spots that I forget what they call it in Casa Bonita, but it's something goth inspired. And in Casa Bo- in Bring the Crunch, it's Final Girl. <laughs> Because this is horror themed. <laughs> there are a bunch of guys wandering around Lake Tardikaka wearing Gilman and Wolfman and Dracula and Devil costumes. They are, of course, playing. You get to hear them say at one point, and I had a lot of weird jobs, but I smoked crack at all of them. And you eventually reveal that what a shock. It was Nathan and Mimsy trying to kill, well, they weren't trying to kill the camp counselors, but they didn't want camp to be held. Which, of course, means you have to fight them. And then for your twist at the end, Zargonon, a creature from space, comes in with a beef against Mintberry Crunch. And he forms your final two boss encounters where he takes, he uses mind control on Professor Timothy, who is there. And the final fight is actually pretty neat. It has a neat theme. And Professor Timothy is constantly blocking off huge sections of the map with, well, area effect attacks. And Zargonon is using whatever your kryptonite was. My kryptonite was crab people, so he kept summoning milk crab people, because what is the weakness of Midbury Crunch? Milk. Nose. Not milk. Oh no, not milk! That will stop my crunch! And then your twist at the end is to learn that actually Midbury Crunch's family had enslaved Zargonon in space and was making him work in the milk mines of space. So he was actually justified in fighting back against his former owner. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, it's not as funny as Casa Bonita, but it is also quite memorable. And it's pretty sure you can blast through it in a couple hours, and I'd say it's worth it. Don't think I'm going back to this game, but I appreciate your recap. Aw, <laughs> uh, thanks, Sam. I told you, I have too many things to play. So do I. That didn't stop me from playing this. But I already played it. You did not. Details, details. Replaying games are hard unless it's, you know, replaying Star Ocean again, which I may or may not be doing. Don't judge me. Which Star Ocean? Departure. Okay. I only bought it on PS4 for trophies. <laughs> are, are you a chief ho, Sam? Is that what you're saying? In one for years? Okay. Well, I don't know that I've ever... I don't remember hearing you just baldly state it. That may be my memory failing. You should know about me. I'm I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sure this will not be disseminated widely because we know a lot of people aren't going to listen to this. It's too South Parky. Anyway, uh, I'd like to note that there's a lot of unique music for this game and it's actually pretty good there's a lot of variety in the battle themes too and i i I don't remember (laughs) making me remember how many years ago two when did this stupid game that's the point (laughs) it came out we're talking about (laughs) my mom died that's what i remember but thanks guys uh, distance. Great. I just your... made a shit by the way. Got, like, <laughs> so it's fine. 
I don't remember yeah, yeah. how many years knew this. I've been on exactly one in span of years. Well, the I DLC apparently for no important than other than to be an asshole, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be the friendly Canadian, which is bullshit. Was the last one you were on was um, the Stick of Truth? Oh, it was Persona Five actually, and I oh, ruined okay. Persona Five for people. <laughs> what is your problem with that game? <laughs> What did it ever do to you? Um, Matt Mercer was in it. So strike one. Two, plot holes. Three, no sexy female character by the name of Mitsuru Kirijo. So already it failed. I have strict Persona guidelines. Does it have Mitsuru? No, then it already sucks compared to Persona 3. Well, that explains why Persona 4 ranks lowly for you. Fuck. You are a bisexual woman, and you put Mitsuru Kirijo on a pedestal. You know that all the other games are going to suck, because you just want her. You want her executing. She's in Persona Q2. I'm so happy about that. What can I do for you? I'm game, darling. It's the only song Phil knows. It's true. Mad Mercer in that? No. <laughs> Look, I... we in the Dungeons and Dragons community just kind of have a beef with Matt Mercer. It's just kind of a thing we have to deal with. It's called the Mercer effect, and it is so evil. So, so evil. I don't like him, and I don't like Yusuke. I want to like Yusuke. But given Matt Mercer has exactly the range of, oh, his own voice, and a grumbly McCree, fuck that guy. Cree is not an extra voice. It's your regular voice. I've played way too much. Tell me how you really feel, Sam. You are so friendly, Sam. I'm I'm completely... I'm friendly to those I love. You know that. I'm completely lost now, Sam. I I have no idea what you think of Overwatch. (laughs) I actually haven't played in a while. Oh, no. Look! I, I play video games sometimes. Also pretend I know what's going on in my life most days. Which is why I apparently didn't remember too much of Fractured Butthole, I'm sorry. Is, is the game a part of the Yakuza franchise? Is the game Valkyrie Profile? Is the game something where I get to put puzzle pieces together? So wait, you're, you're saying you remember Covenant of the Plume in depth? Yes, I do! Wow! I, I want to burn that game! I hate it so much! I'm not sure whether to applaud you or hate you for managing to remember that. I've pretty much forgotten everything about it. Valkyrie Profile fans are very bitter about Covenant of the Blue, so we don't really talk about it. We barely talk about Silmaria, because Silmaria is meh. It's pretty. Handmade Fighter. Handmade Fighter was... Isn't there a Valkyrie Profile browser game now? I'll speak of the browser. Well, we have, several other series have had the... Like Breath of Fire, it got that wonderful browser Mike, game. Mike, Mike, sweetheart, we don't speak of browser games. We don't speak of them on this show. I know that I haven't been on this show in a long time, but we don't speak about them. Those things do not exist. They are not, they are not what we talk about on this show. And I've clearly derailed the show in a horrific way to tell you that I still don't remember anything about Fractured Behold. So I think we're good. I think we're good. Did anyone download Foin Destroyer to see if it's a, a 
a change to the usual rule that mobile games suck? No. Why would I do no. that? That's a time. I might as well go play the Iron Maiden game they put on phone. Well, you could always play Dungeon Keeper Mobile. I'm sure that's great. The only mobile game I played with any level of intensity was The Simpsons Tapped Out. Okay, so we've gotten a little <laughs> off track here on Backtrack. Sorry, Phil. I'm I so sorry. I feel like uh, this is the part of the, uh, the the part where we kind of wrap things up. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's our overall feelings about this this game and not oh, browser games or persona? <laughs> There's something else I need to talk about with the game, and I'm not sure. Did anybody else get minor glitches where, say, uh, an NPC on the screen would just be frozen and you couldn't do anything? Or something that you can interact with would be frozen for a little bit and you had to wait for it to load, something like that? No, I played on PS4. I don't remember any glitch. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think you're the only one who played it on PC. Well, it could also be the fault of Ubisoft. We'll blame because, it on them. Yes, blame I, it on them. They're not going to listen. Ubisoft sucks. We know that. <laughs> I don't know. I like that Assassin's Creed game they put out that I put almost 100 hours into. I'm not talking about individual games from Ubisoft. I'm just talking about Ubisoft as a company. I put 100 hours into I, I've never played an Assassin's South Creed. Park! South Park feature! Fractured <laughs> Butthole! Assassin's Creed was released by Ubisoft, which also no. published the South Park The Fractured look, Butthole! There, look, here's look, our tie-in. Look, 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 here. Um, my final thoughts on this are, I forgot the majority <laughs> of it. Show Niggeroth was in it. And somewhere there, there was a kid named Tupperware, and I felt for him. Otherwise... I remember nothing. I guess it was okay. Eh? You guess it was okay? <laughs> three out Not of five! Not even sure about that. Mark, three out of five. I think it was fine. It was a South Park episode, right? Uh, well, an ex- more like a season. Yeah. I wonder how, I wonder what it would have been for anybody who isn't a South Park watcher, or who never has been a South Park watcher. I, mean, I have it's no freaking idea. crazy, and I know most of the things in it. How the heck would you... G- Is there an audience of people who like a game that has interesting tactical mechanics but will deluge you with a license, which this definitely is? I, mm. I don't know. Maybe? Honest, Probably I something don't. on cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone that plays without any kind of knowledge of South Park, and I feel like it would be really difficult to enjoy this game not having at least you need at a least a basic of knowledge of it yeah yeah i think this one's actually the worst defender of the two for it too just because there are so many seasons worth of jokes that i think if you you didn't watch even a sliver of south park like it's all going over your head in a way that stick of truth um i feel that they're really good job of being like you can be a casual south park fan or you can at least have watched maybe two episodes and most of the jokes, like, will still hit. They might not be, like, super funny, but they'll still hit. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like... I think, again, given this game has so many things behind it versus what Stick of Truth had, I think it's, it's a hard I sell. I don't think that's a particularly big... I, it, there were only three whole seasons between this and Stick of Truth. That's. But I mean, like, given what episode Stick of Truth is based off of versus... 
um, again, having multiple episodes about Coon Friends. Gotta remember, like, the stick of truth, isn't it? It's exactly one episode where most of that comes from. Most of it, but not... Well, the Princess Kenny came from a a trio of Thrones episodes in a later season where everyone was fighting over whether they would get Xbox Ones or PS4s. How timely now. I feel like Princess Kenny would be funny even without that episode because (laughs) he's Princess Kenny. Turn it out there. I am unable to judge that. So we'll have to... Whom out there is not a fan of South Park and has no idea what Princess Kenny is until you played Stick of Truth. Let us know. I'm sure you exist. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, I thought the game was good. It just... I don't know if it's because, like, I haven't watched South Park as much in recent years, and and maybe that's part of why I'm not quite as high on the second game. Well, I'm definitely not as high on the combat. Maybe that was just the bad luck of the class I chose, but... Certainly one thing like I appreciate about the South Park, both of these games and this one as well, is just like it's nice to have a triple A RPG experience that's actually not trying to be a 60 or 80 or 100 hour (laughs) game like that. They've kept this compact down to something like, you know, something you play in 15 or 20 hours. And of course, like I think that works with South Park. God knows, I can't. I can't imagine trying to play sixty hours of this game. Yeah, but I think even even fifth. So that's like one of the problems. Even fifteen hours of South Park humor is a little much. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like the you know, it's hmm, it's not really my turn. So I'll. I'll oh no! Go 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 go. Hmm. Miss your thought, darling. I think that's one of the issues with it is it's and but i mean the first game had that too it's just hard to maintain that level any any level of comedy for that amount of time and then south park's particular brand probably even harder and then the second game um well you know the first one had had the novelty going forward of wow it looks like south park and it feels like south park and it is just watching yeah mike's right like a season of south park and that was like really awesome and it still is that in the second game. It's just we've already had one already, so it's slightly less amazing, maybe, yeah. for that. Um, and so and the, the first only... game had a little bit more where it was also playing at games, you know, playing with the game tropes. And this one was just much more of a straight South Park game, or you know, it's South just Park just playing experience. with tropes, but yeah, yeah, less game. Well, movie tropes, you know, in yeah, a video yeah. game. So There's I think what it needed. Wrong with that, no. but... It's just like it, it does become draining. Mm-hmm. So I think what it needed to offset all of that is just it needed, I I think, a more focused story, that which the first game also probably had. Um, and this one just had less of that, and it kind of, I don't know, I think it kind of hurts it. It falls apart much faster. In retrospect, I feel like I liked it more when I played it, and I, I've been real quiet today because I don't <gasps> remember any of it. <laughs> Pascal, you did what we did for Persona 5. <laughs> We had What's the that? epiphany. You had an epiphany yeah. moment, which is, I remember <laughs> yeah, I enjoying this when I played it, but looking back, I have, I have a different feeling. I get those a lot on like on different podcasts. Since I haven't been on one with you in a while, I just appreciate that the epiphany happened on air. It makes me really happy. <laughs> want more of those. Especially being resident curmudgeon bitch most days. <laughs> Well, it sounds like everyone's pretty much wrapped up their thoughts there. Uh, let me let me give mine since I since it is fresh in my head. This may change as time passes. My major beef with it at the moment is the technical issues 
and Ubisoft nonsense, which, okay, I played Stick of Truth also on PC, and Ubisoft did not force any of that crap into my face all the time. So, fuck you, Ubisoft. Is that your your major um, Canadian Alberta beef? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ubisoft. (laughs) I like that we circled back to that. Pascal, 10 points. Callbacks. (laughs) No, I, I, I greatly enjoyed the game for the most part just without the technical issues and Ubisoft shit. I... I can't tell you how it's going to hold up in my mind in the future because my prognostication powers are not as good as I wish they were, as I'm sure everyone else would say, unless you've secretly made a killing at the stock market, in which case, let me know how you did it. But I had a great time with it, just with annoying technical problems. And yeah, I would say that it is a little less focused than Stick of Truth, but I still had a blast. So. Mike, your, your statement about the stock market, do you know what Scott's answer for that usually is? Can you take a guess? Hookers and hookers. Huh. Always and hookers. Oh, man, I don't do those. I I suck. Okay. You're not winning the You stock don't do market. booze or you don't do hookers? Either. Neither. <laughs> I don't think you do booze. You drink booze. <laughs> no, I'm defi- I definitely don't do booze. <laughs> That's hard and disgusting and a mess and not something That's you what should she do. Said. That's what wah, the hooker wah, said. Wah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's an appropriate ending <laughs> there, I think. I wanted to make the show really inappropriate one last time before we never have the chance to do it again. I know, at least until they come up with another South Park game, which could be a while. So uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with uh, something a little bit more traditional, our blast from the recent past segment. Hold on tight. This is a blast from the recent past segment where we take a look down the corridors of time and pick a handful of games that came out about two years ago, give or take. I've got a three-pack for you tonight. We're just going to go through them, give them five minutes of fame, and move on. We're going to start off with Cosmic Star Heroin. This was developed and published by Z-Boyd Games, and uh, I know this came out on the PC. I don't know what other platforms off the top of my head it came to. Does anybody know? Or Vita. Vita. Most everything. Yeah. yeah. Released it's probably on the X-Bone, right? I think they ported it. Also get it free if you buy Cthulhu's Christmas. Oh, yeah. Ah. Well, it's well worth it. Is it worth free? That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> what? It's worth a purchase. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely worth a purchase. I think it's 
kind of more memorable than that game we were just talking about. Well, you got a you got a couple of minutes. Uh, you got a couple of minutes here on the podium, young lady. Why don't you tell us what you like about it? Um, so what I've always kind of liked about anything by Z-Boyd is generally I like how fast-paced a lot of the combat systems are. There's a lot of versatility in um, movement. The characters are really fun. I mean, they're tropey as fuck, but they're fun. Um, I like how contained the game is. Like, one of the things I've always liked about like, in general is the games don't outstay their welcome, which, I mean, can always kind of be a bit of an issue when you're creating a very old-school, you know, 8 or 16 or 32-bit game. Um, trying to remember... I mean, I like I like games that take place in space. I like games where it's like you are a ragtag group of like undesirables, you know, trying to help people out. I just I liked it. There you go. What about the uh, the the combat system? What did you think yeah, of that? Well, can I piggyback on that? Oh, go I ahead. Mention. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, and also a little plug because we just put on the um, on the site a review. Uh, I think done by Matt of Cthulhu Saves Christmas. And and I was actually discussing with Matt um, while he was uh, getting that review ready to go live is that one thing I like about the, um, about, I always call them Zeboid. Is it Zeboid? I've been saying it wrong all this time. I actually Uh, don't know which is correct. Mac always used to say Zeboid. So, one thing I like about their releases, playing them kind of like in order of release, is that their combat system keeps improving. Um, while not really reinventing, it's it just uh, it gets more user friendly and adds nice little touches from release to release. It seems like it's I think they're I think all of them are like turn based, very traditional, but there's something new and interesting and unique with each new release, and that's true for the uh, for Cthulhu Saves Christmas also, and definitely it was for Cosmic Star Heroine. Like you can kind of trace the um, the progression as you as you play each release. And and Cosmic Star Heroine, I haven't I haven't played Cthulhu Saves Christmas yet. I've already installed it. Um, there was speed in that combat system. Like, there was just something about, like, you're doing the battles, the pace is lightning, and, like, you know you're doing stuff, but it's just, it everything moves so quickly, which is just something I kind of appreciated as somebody who, um, you know, wants a little bit of speed in my ATB. Like, I like ATB. Give me a little bit of speed because I'm a fast person. I mean... I think so. yes and no, kind of at the same time, um, because it's now I might be wrong, but I think it's the first of their games, Cosmic Star Heroine, where um, to, in order to use your abilities, you basically have a limited number of uses. And I think most of them are like one use. And then at some point you have a like a refresh ability where you have to give up a turn and it resets your ability. Maybe I'm over oversimplifying a little bit, but it's it's something along those lines. And um, I never felt slow, like even with the way you're describing it. The battle no, still didn't feel slow. That wasn't the slow part. To, uh, like, um, I just I, I thought that like towards the end of the game, um, some of the enemy, if I remember, some of the enemies just became a little bit more uh, spongy to where you had to, uh, you know, go through the cycle multiple times of using your abilities and refreshing. But that could just be my memory. That's kind of the way it stuck with me. Still good. I don't know if it was my favorite one of the games released. Like, I still think my favorite is Cthulhu Saves the World. Um, but I, I do genuine. That. Well, this is it. Like Cosmic Star Heroine definitely lacked humor. Yeah. When when you think about it, I mean, it was right. definitely a more serious story. Um. But I again, I think it showed 
like you were saying, great strides of just in terms of their graphic capability, their sound capability, combat, um, UI, like everything in that game was super polished for the most part. Yeah, it's a retro. Um, in a way that Cthulhu doesn't have. Right, it's definitely a, a retro style game, but done really well and done very, like, like very polished, yeah. So, well worth it. Well worth that, $15, huh? I, I liked for, it. For I, two games? Yeah. <laughs> I, I gave us our Vita review for it, and I definitely liked it. I I don't think it was great, but I don't necessarily think it was trying to be. And, yeah, that was my introduction to Z-Boyd, and I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Just not necessarily if you're going to try and go for... They added a new dungeon on Vita that features some enemies where, even on the easiest setting, you have to completely master it in order to get past it, or else they're going to stomp you into the dirt immediately. So... Unless you love the combat system to death, don't try that. I mean, I know, I, I to be honest, like of Z Boyd's games, the ones I didn't like were the two rings, like precipice games. Like, I think Cosmic Star Heroine showed like bigger strides from when even they had made those. Oh, um, Z Boyd. Yeah, three and episodes three and four. Rain Slick Precipice. Okay. Yeah. So if you so the original two were made by someone else names escaping me but episodes three and four were also Zaboy. wasn't it the no, no, no. well um i mean they, they've put out like quite a few games in that style but i'm like thinking back to it and it's like i remember like i didn't really care for those liked loved cthulhu saves the world liked breath of death quite a bit and then cosmic star heroine i think just kind of balanced i think every single project they had made and kind of had an element from all of them so, so I'm yeah. excited to play because it looks uh, it looks pretty cool. I know I heard some other good things about it, and that's why it's actually on my my uh, my CRPG club list. It's number seventy three right now. It fluctuates a little bit from time to time, but that's where it's sitting at. Uh, we'll get to it one day, but it does look cool. All right, the next very, game. Well, it's that? very short, so I mean, very. if you wanted to play something very quick. Like, that's one thing I actually love about their games is they're a nice-sized experience for the most part. I mean, you're not looking at more than maybe, like, five to seven hours, give or take. Need more short RPGs. Well, this one might take you a little bit longer. Our next game is Ever Oasis, an action RPG game developed by Egrezzo, published by Nintendo, released in North America on June 23rd, 2017 for your Nintendo 3DS system. Who has played this one? I I reviewed it, but now I'm trying to remember what the heck I had to say about it, so I guess I have to go look at my review. (laughs) I did not play it. I seem to remember that Cassandra, who is not on yeah. this episode, but is on many others, liked it quite a bit. Let me I remember it having a very strong desert vibe with just for, as far as its setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very, very colorful, very charming looking, but is it fun? Where's my freaking review? Holy crapazoids, that review is over two years old. Ah. I got you covered right there. Oh, I thank you, Phil. No problem. I wonder who wrote this. This, this. this name looks vaguely familiar. Yeah. Let's see. It's plot light for a long portion, and the plot is not the reason you should play this game, because once it does finally have a plot, the antagonists are not very interesting. <laughs> but there are some neat little side stories among all the people of the Oasis that you're trying to 
resuscitate. And the oasis itself is what you're doing for most of the game. You're trying to bring it back to life by getting new residents, returning old residents. And of course, okay, I'm looking at my review. I'm trying to remember what the heck was it? Uh, Chibi Robo on DS. It actually reminds me slightly of that, which I don't think anyone else remembers now. So, um, without looking through the entire review right now to refresh my own memory, I can just give you a general. The combat suffers a little bit from not having a second analog stick, which is an unfortunate trait of the 3DS. Stupid 3DS. It has a little thumb it, nub, like the new ones have. The new ones have a little nub. Oh, yeah, that that is much better than no analog control at all, the way the DS did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, that was bad. It's colorful. It, I wouldn't say that it's a dazzling visual knockout for 3DS, but it also looks nice. I, I never thought, well, get this off the screen. It keeps itself varied enough that I don't recall getting bored, except when I was deliberately trying to get a few residents who were in this style of game. There are always a few who take a little more effort to acquire, and what do you know? Some of those people are kind of tiresome. I'm sorry, this is this is my equivalent of the main event tonight. I don't remember this game very well because I played it over two years ago, and what a shock. I'm trying to talk about it now, haha. But I had a good time. Not a great time, a good time. And it, if you want something action-y with plenty of building elements in it, because you are building an Oasis, then you could do worse than checking this out. You could do a lot worse. There. That's my quick, vague, unspecific summation. There you go. And the last game on our list is Dragon Quest Heroes 2, developed by Omega Force, published by Square Enix. Now, this was released on the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Vita, Microsoft Windows, Nintendo Switch. Original around May 21st, 2016, but you know, came out on everything else all throughout the next couple of years. This is an action hack and slash Muso game for everything, and and it's so much fun. The, the really long subtitle. Uh, well, Dragon Quest. The World Trees Woe and the Blight Below. below. Oh, oh, yeah, there. Uh, the uh, get, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's the original one. The original was the one with the really long. Oh, they okay. just they they everything's improved in this game, including the title, <laughs> shortening it. Yeah, the original. I, a, I was the reviewer. I gave it a worse score than this game actually. I don't know why. It's so much fun. I love no, it. No, I I I I do love it in I, that I love Muso games. I, I liked it more but than the first. See, I found the boss fights in in the second game really irritating. Like, there's a there was a couple like I think it was like the second last dungeon. I remember I had a rough go, and like the game makes you do like it, it was a boss rush essentially. And I remember you had to like you did one boss, and then you couldn't heal afterwards, so you had to fight the next boss. And then oh by the way, then you had to fight the next boss, and then after a few feet, I think it was like three or four bosses. Only then did you get to heal. I hate stuff like that. Like that's that's just a pet peeve of mine in general. Um, but I do really like the game. Like, I like the characters they chose for it. Um, I mean, I, it's just, it's a fun way to play Dragon Quest. Um, and I think, like, it's more of the same from the first one, with just, to me, like, a couple boss fights that I just really didn't like. Yeah. That kind of ruined the experience for me. 
Oh, it's a it's a it's a hack. And so for those of you who don't know, yeah, it's it's an open. It's almost kind of like an open field roaming action hack and slash type of thing uh, in the vein of a Musou game. But um, but what's really cool like is Dynasty that Warriors? We, yeah, kind of like Dynasty Warriors. Uh, but what's really cool is that when you're out there fighting, you have a party of four characters, mostly uh, from all the older Dragon Quest, you know, games and some different faces than what you might have seen in the first game if you played through that one. Um, and and, and you build a party of four, and when you go out there and you're fighting, at any point in time, you can swap in between them by pressing a button. So you it's can be... Fantastic. Yeah, you can be sitting there hacking and slashing with, let's say, your swordsman, realize some people need to be healed, flip over to your healer, and cast a couple of heal spells, go to your wizard, cast some, some big fire spells. And because there's so many enemies on the field, those AoEs are really cool. Watching those go off, it's just like the Dragon Quest games really come to life. It's just colorful it's fun it's gorgeous and it's and it's a good challenge yeah no there's so much fun and like there's some good character choices in this one like uh you have mina and maya from four and they're they're just a good combo to have in your party for a good chunk of the game i mean elena's in it kirill's in it so that's from also from four mm-hmm. my brain doesn't work mm-hmm. uh angelo and jessica are in it. eight tornico's in it which already makes it great oh yeah uh, I mean, I, I had Tornico for him. I, I really did like Tornico. And then there's like Maribel and Ruff, Caesar and Terry, which I'm always give or take on Terry, or that he's in the games most of the time. Like, I think my main party for this game was the hero, Elena, and then Maya and Mina. Mostly because, like, Mina has, like, crazy amounts of healy magic, and since Elena just punches everything, she needs to be healed a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's super fun. I had a really good time with it. Uh, I agree. Some of the bosses are a bit gimmicky. I don't ever know if I ever got past the what I think is the final boss in that one, as I think it just kept kicking my ass, and I just said, "Good job, game. You beat me." But um, but I enjoyed everything you know up to that point. And I mean, I'm sure I was just missing something on that boss. And that, that sh- a Muso game really shouldn't have puzzly type bosses that's that's a pet peeve of mine in any game but in a muso game it's just it's supposed to be hack and slash with a little uh, you know with the bosses you might have to do some reflexes or some good teamwork buffing it's a you know it's a it's based on a dragon quest game so you expect to you have to use kabuff and whatever uh flip over which you know by that point in the game i had that all down i knew you know how to go right people get us buffed and go back and buff us one again once in a while and do all that jazz but that guy was at the end was very brutal and uh, and I just didn't feel like going and grinding up another dozen levels to see if that would help or not or whatever at that point. But it was, you know, I had a lot of fun with it, uh, you know, up until then. So uh, I would definitely. Buy I was it. the reviewer, so I couldn't get out of it. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't get just give it a middle finger and like, walk and away. I think, and I do think that's partially why I, I remember giving it the lower score was I found the boss fights in that one. I think. Far more frustrating than the first one. Yeah, I don't know why they felt the, the need to do that. You know, I know it's supposed to be a Dragon Quest game, and in Dragon Quest, you know, games, the bosses can can be difficulty spikes and be a bit puzzly and 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 then and be tough. But yeah, they they kind of took the spirit of that and took it a little too far, uh, especially again for uh, for a Muso game. But but up until then, it, I mean, I was to put like sixty hours or something like that into it and enjoyed all of those for the most yeah. part. So. Um, and I found it, and I got more time out of it than I did the first game. Um, it's just uh, the first okay. game I had beat, and I was done, and I was just like, eh, I didn't feel like there was anything more to the first game once I beat it. And then this one just felt like there was more there. It's stupid bosses. Not was, but uh, yeah, I would definitely. <clears throat> 
I would uh, definitely recommend. I would probably grab it on sale, though, because, like, if you go to Steam right now, it's $60. <laughs> just serious. I just don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's a several-year-old game. Uh, so I would wait for that bad boy to go on sale. Maybe you can get on Amazon for one of your platforms if you got a PlayStation or something cheaper. But, yeah, I was just sitting here looking at the stats on Steam. I'm like, $60? Really? Um, it, it's good, but it shouldn't have held its value, like, that um so hmm let me just take a look at it on amazon real quick see if we get a see if we get uh not not dragon question but it's dragon quest here uh just see if we get a better price on there oh there we go 12 bucks uh go grab it here <laughs> playstation 4 yeah for the physical right it's, those are the ones that drop yeah the pc online game code is 60 dollars on that uh so don't buy the electric uh game code um you're gonna want to buy that anyways uh so we're gonna take another break and we'll be back to wrap this show up with the final lap back this is the final lap where we just do some kitchen sink stuff kitchen sink kitchen sink lots of kitchen sink like our round table for example yeah we'll go around the table and see what everyone's doing after remind everybody that rpg backtrack is a production of rpgamer.com so go check it out because we got a ton of reviews we got uh, our editorial with our most anticipated 2020 games will be uh, will be uh, eventually posting our game of the years for 2019 here soon enough. Uh, rumor has it we're doing a game of a decade. Is that a is that a true rumor? Is that a thing? That, that might be happening. Might, might be happening. Might be happening. And the most important news breaking article of all that hit our site. If you were subbed to our site, you would have seen this first. Wizardry Labyrinth of Lost Souls coming to PC this month. Stop the presses. <laughs> Stop the presses. Wait, Phil, I thought the most important thing that hit the site recently was the Shenmue 3 review. Mm, wow, I guess it is pretty darn important. Right, these two are neck and neck. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, yeah, you're missing out on all this exciting, important stuff if you don't head over to our site. So, yeah, go and check it out. And everyone knows the game of the decade will be Final Fantasy 13 because, of course. <laughs> <Totes>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Wizardry Labyrinth of Lost Souls had just been released like a week or two earlier, it would have totally swept that category, but now we're just going to have to vote it in for the next decade. Alrighty, uh, let's do a well, round. I trust everyone remembers it in early 2030. <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be so memorable, Mike. I'm sure we're going to have no problem. Uh, so let's go ahead and do our round table and uh, start off with uh, Mr. Carpenter. 
Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. Around the site, uh, let's see. I just finally got up the uh, the November, December, what you're playing uh, feature. <laughs> uh, rounding up what a lot of different people have been playing. Sam, Sam contributed to that. She was, yeah. Uh, yeah. You you were informing Gust on how uh, the female anatomy, their Reminder, lack of knowledge. Of- their lack of knowledge in Reza is just, I mean, they've always had a lack of knowledge. They, they always have. They've always been bad at breasts. I don't get it. How can you be really fucking bad at breasts is beyond me. But then you meet Lila in, in Reza, who is all the screenshots I took. Her boobs make no sense. And like we we we've tried to, they're just balloons. We've tried, we've tried to rationalize in our house how her <laughs> my husband, my roommate and I, like and we just every time we saw her on the screen, we're just like, you know what, like does she have a back brace? Like how does like the fabric work between her breasts? Like <laughs> like does she, like and the kinds of flippity doos that she's doing in the game, it's like, I'm sorry, her tits should be hitting her in the face if she's not properly supported. Which she doesn't look like she is. And like I have giant breasts. Let's go on record on the show. I got two double Gs. You know, I was just sitting here wondering to myself, just how big are they? Thank you for clarifying that mystery. I like that you clarified you have two of them. Yeah. (laughs) Just, well, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. There's that one lady who had three, so I'm glad you, yeah. It can get a little confusing. Three titty lady. Come on now. Yeah. Is that going to be on, like, the trivia episode coming up sometime? (laughs) Wait, you're watching Star Trek or Total Recall? Oh, yeah, yeah, Total Recall, right? Anyway, anyway. Lila's boobs make no sense. And they kind of offended me because they made no sense. On the plus side, though, she is the MVP of that fucking game. <laughs> Go figure. Not <laughs> only just for her crazy breasts that offend me, but also just because she's actually the strongest character. All the other characters actually kind of suck compared to her. So hmm. I think Guest was trying to tell players something. Use the massive titty character. Liminal messages. Breasts. Pity news. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Gust hereby encourages you to either have or look at breasts. I feel like poor, feel like poor Joshua's turn has been somehow hijacked. How can you be encouraged to have them? Encouraged looking at them. That takes. Obviously, by looking at them, you will be reminded that you have them, right? But not encouraged to have them. Are people who don't have breasts. And in that regard, I can also see why people would be offended by Lila. But what if you have tiny little A boobs? And you see Lila's boobs and you're like, man, how do I take that breast fat and put it into my boobs? And maybe some people are kind of cool with A boobs. I don't know. The panel of, of men is silent. <laughs> There's nothing we can say here that isn't going to get us into trouble somewhere down the road. Well, I was just editing this feature, and I'm reading Sam's, and that was just—it was very entertaining to Sam go off on them. I did see that. So, anyways, Joshua's turn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought like, that uh, was. Yeah, I know, right? Just, <laughs> I just tee Sam up there. Just say, Sam says boobs, and he's done. Stick a fork yeah, at him; yeah. he's done. Oh man, like. Otherwise, man, I started playing uh, Disco Elysium, and Ooh. I know I'm like three months late to that party, but that game is... But how is it? Am- it is amazing. 
That game is absolutely amazing. That game managed to climb up to number 21 on my CRPG list with number one being like Planescape Torment, number two's Fallout, etc., etc. But it's number 21. Uh, Like, I I am just, it has been a long, it has been quite a while since I played a game where I've just been wanting to devour every bit of it, just losing hours to playing it today. I was like, I mean, like this game, you play as a detective. There's no real combat in a traditional sense. It plays a lot like an old uh, point and click adventure game, like a LucasArts game from the from the 90s. Because you're just moving your characters around and you're interacting with parts. But there's your character has, I forget how many, it's like 20 different attributes that you can uh, put points into. And then as you're playing it, both in terms of like both of your dialogue options and then your choices for that you make and what you do in the game there's lots of dice rolls that come up and then they you know it's all based upon the choices that you made in terms of building your character and on top of that like the different choices you make also like change the your own internal monologue so while as you're playing you're not only just talking to people but then you're you're kind of having like thoughts in your head and so like if you have if you're very logical and you have a, like a really, you know, like you have an encyclopedic brain, someone will mention something and then it will just like pop into your head and you'll know exactly what that is. And you'll get this like four paragraphs of text explaining what it is. <laughs> Whereas if someone else plays, uh, you know, like a totally different kind of build, like you can you can play the game both both, you know, going like straight for intelligence or going for like suave and being able to talk to people, or you can just go like straightforward, um, you know, like just go total strength and just people up. <laughs> or at least I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's kind of the way the game at least directs you as you start the game is like, those are the three main builds, but of course it'll let you do whatever you want. And I'm kind of assuming this is one of those kind of RPGs where you don't really want to, uh, you know, balance things out between, you know, you really want to focus on one of the major ways of playing the game, but that kind of experience, I mean, like it it has been absolutely fascinating. And that's, that's not to say that the game is perfect because man, I keep running into occasional roadblocks because, you know, since there's not really combat in the game, you have like a health and a morale meter. And certain decisions you'll make, like some of them are obvious, like you'll, um, I had one where, all right, I should step back a little bit. Like as you start the game, when you first start, your main character has been on like this drunken bender and you don't remember anything that's happened. So you, uh, so as you wait, you know, you wake up, it's, it's their way of basically having amnesia for, you know, know, your, your normal amnesia to start a game. And so as you start, so as you uh, start, um, crap, I, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Amnesia. Amnesia. Um, main character, as he has, you know, like he has amnesia and you have to start like putting your character, you have to like, you start the game out and you like have to find your clothes <laughs> and you have to like, one of the first mysteries you have is like, you can only find one your shoes and then you have to uh like what you you notice that there's a hole in the the the, in the window in the place that you're staying and then you have to like kind of figure out like oh some some reason i threw my shoe out the window and you have to go and like find it (laughs) or you cannot 
<laughs> and and so much of this stuff ends up playing in later on, like the 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 subtle ways that things will play out. Um, like if, if you don't find like, like that happened the first time I was playing it, I, I didn't find my second Jew. Actually, I kind of forgot. You know, I got carried off with other things and forgot about it. And then a couple of later on, like one of the, you know, a couple of different people kind of noticed like, why the hell are you only wearing one shoe? Like what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and and there's all these, as you're playing it and you're doing all this dialogue, a lot of the dialogue, it, it unfolds in interesting ways where you'll, you know, like you'll be going along and once again, kind of depending on your different builds, you'll pick up on different things. And one person that you're interviewing, a suspect you're interviewing, he might mention, he'll say one thing and you'll just like click with you because, you know, like you have a really high intelligence and you realize, wait a second, this other person's told me something totally different. And, the, you know, it will like cue this whole quest line to kind of go and find that other person and track down these little, these little nuggets you discover. Like it, it's I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place rambling about this, but it's just like absolutely been fascinating for a game that has, you know, like zero real combat in it. It's on, like, it's on almost every, uh, like, top ten games of the year list that I've seen. I know. There's something to it. Well, I I, I, I was a little bit skeptical going in, and I think the thing that, it, that, like, I really did not like the art style that I had seen going in, it just really turned me off. But now that I've gotten into it, it really does fit. It, it's, it's bleak. The, the setting is this, you know, like failed communist. It's in the aftermath of this failed communist coup. And you have like this foreign dictatorship that's come in and kind of restored order. And lots of the people you end up interacting with are not the greatest people. <laughs> like um, that, that's one of the other people that you uh, very first can interact with is this lorry driver and you start talking to him and he'll start saying racist things and it will change his name from like lorry driver to racist lorry driver. <laughs> and, and that's how like, that's one of the, um, and that's one of the other things about the game is like figuring out how to progress in it. Like one of the things you need to do is like go and talk to um, like the head of this union, but he's got this giant bodyguard that's defending the path to him. And so your choices are like, if you have incredible strength, you can just actually beat up the bodyguard. But if you don't have incredible strength, you either have to like find the secondary route and you have, you can kind of like sneak in that way. Or the other way is this this bodyguard is also kind of like a, uh, uh, a, what would be the, um, the current equivalent, like a, a race supremacist. And there, there's a way like you can go through really long line where you listen to all of his crazy theories about race and you can kind of convince him that you agree with him and then he'll let you in. <laughs> so there's, there's all these different ways to attack things from, and it's just, I'm just adoring it. It's fascinating. There are just so few games that are like this after playing stuff like Bioware and such where it's so, you know, like you've got your three choices and it's very obvious. You've got your good, good person choice you got your bad guy choice you got your boring neutral choice and this game you know you the choices go in such weird random directions and you don't exactly there, there's not any it's not obvious and telegraphed exactly what's going to happen and that's interesting to play if that makes sense <laughs> it's almost as if it's like a real role-playing game or something yeah yeah <laughs> 
No, it makes sense. I've I've heard enough about it to know kind of what you're talking about, and it does sound very intriguing. It is. It's just been sucking me in since I started playing a couple of days ago, and now it's just like the only thing I want to play now. <laughs> well, then we might have a second opinion on it soon, right? Yeah, that maybe. Will... There you go. All right. Well, thank you for that update. That was awesome. Uh, what about Mr. Pascal? Hmm. Okay. Well... I probably don't have a whole lot to to bring up, but uh, well, I, I posted a review semi recently about um, a little game called Stygian: Reign of the Old Ones. Phil, you're one of the people that helped me with it, so you kind of yeah. know. They were um, they're old, cranky old ones. Yeah, very. It's uh, it's it's Cthulhu, but it it does it. Uh, it's it's very Cthulhu, so it's not kind of sort of or half-assed with it one of, it's not an uh it's not a perfect game but it does have its its positives and one of them is kind of like uh like like disco elysium it's um i praised it for its role and maybe not to the same level as disco elysium but there you have it um what else me and a couple of uh, other uh folks on the site are going to be working on a uh, witcher tv show um analysis review so that oh. should be that's all the rave these days. That's all I hear people talking about. Uh, I enjoyed it, yeah. But that's, I don't know. That's about it. That's the highlights. All righty. Um, I don't know if I want to ask Miss Double D what's new play, because I'm afraid <laughs> this is going to go somewhere dark and uncomfortable. Not really. I've done fuck all. That's I, it? I'm being honest. I've I've done fuck all for this. I really, I've done little, little bits and bobs, but nothing, nothing important or nothing you know that i would say stands out and part of that's just adjusting to a new full-time job and savoring any free time i have i mean i've got ideas for things but they require me to finish certain things um i will be doing a, a review for reza uh tilia reza now that i have finished it um lila will probably make an incident somewhere um but otherwise i mean yeah like I've just been kind of enjoying my life and kind of taking a bit of a backseat from the site, which makes me a little sad, but it's one of those things where I'm still trying to figure out my own free time and how much I want to spend playing things that maybe don't want to waste my time on. Um, I was so happy to be one of those people who just take random shit, and now I'm just like, time is valuable. <laughs> I'll play while I'll play. And, and that's okay. Like I, I again, I, there was always a part of me that feels very apologetic for not doing as much as I could be, um, and as much as I'd love to be doing. But taking a backseat has been oddly refreshing for me, and I've, I've been okay. I'm, I'm wrestling with it, but I'm kind of okay with it. Um, I mean, when I do want to do something, I mean, it's usually to me a big deal and it's always something deeply personal so uh, I mean I was really proud of the Dragon Quest feature we put out back in October um, looking at the ways in which Dragon Quest has touched people on such personal levels like that was that was a really wonderful feature to do and that's the kind of stuff I, I enjoy doing I like being able to rally people on the site and create things that are big and collaborative so have you done uh, anything fun for yourself, though, as far as, like, games other than Stick of Truth <laughs> or Buttholes um, or whatever? Um, I recently finished West of Loathing and Atelier Reza, which I enjoyed both of those, though. West of Loathing went over my head a few times. Like, there, there are obtuse bits of that game where uh, if you've stopped playing it for a while, you kind of have to re-kajigger yourself and go, what, what the fuck was I doing? Do I remember? 
Oh, it was jelly bean counting. Oh, I can count jelly beans. I want to count the jelly beans, I guess. Uh, I, I like I said, I enjoyed both of those uh, both of those games. Razor Razor was an interesting experience because I mean, a lot of people know I fell out of love with the Atelier series after um, the mysterious sub series just being a giant pile of garbage or a giant pile of boredom. Uh, whereas I didn't get to play Lalula. Um, so I'm going to backtrack on that one because people have told me that it's more of a return to form than what the mysterious games were. And Reza has some problems, um, but I will say that in terms of like the way in which Reza as a heroine is, she reminds me a lot of Totori. And for most people who know, Totori is my favorite game and my favorite heroine. And it's just because... Um, characters like Totori and Reza, they have a sense of adventure in a way where they're trying to get out of the things that scare them in order to find things that are wide and wonderful and fantastic. Um, and that's a really big part of like why the story in Reza is the way it is. Um, and as someone who loves adventure, I mean, even being afraid of going on adventures once in a while, um, it just it's something I enjoy as a trope. Let's put it that way. Most of, most of my games have been spent doing, you know, three to six story times a week and, and having children, like, show me their belly buttons randomly or tell me that they're four and, you know, it's their birthday, but their birthday was actually, like, six months ago. Um, it's a pretty fun game, hanging out with children. <laughs> They've already learned they can get something by lying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Um, I play along all the time. I'm, I'm terrible. Like, if a kid comes to me, Miss Sam, Miss Sam, what? do you like my belly button? And then they'll like lift up their shirt and I'll be like, no, your belly button's gross and I don't want to see it. Come on, don't you want to see it? It's so big. No, no, put your shirt down. It's fine. I mean, I also have a child that like will come out and I've known him since he was three months old being like, Miss Sam, Miss Sam, what? Peekaboo. No, no, we're not playing peekaboo. Also, other teacher sucks. No other teacher's fantastic. And I don't know how at three years old you know the word sucks, but okay, let's figure this out. Mom, how did you teach him sucks? I think he learned it from you. Oh, crap. <laughs> Don't ever use the word sucks again. And just replace just it like, with crap. Which you're now <laughs> saying in front of him. Oh, crap. This is it. I mean, I'm, I'm the person that, like, the kids are sponges around. Um, I've perfected at work uh, not swearing, which is impressive, right? You've, you've heard me swear all night. Um, I, I have I have my my words that I substitute in, and then as soon as I'm in the background, fuck, shit, rah, rah, rah. Oh, the plus side. I'm building a blanket fort in two weeks, and I've got, like, an actual fort-building kit. I'm pretty fucking stoked. <laughs> Look, when you're a children's entertainer, you have to remember that, like, your audience is little and spongy. Like the good bits where you taught them something funny and then hope to God that their parents don't, like, freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why someone would allow me to be in children's thing, but, you know... This is my life most days, and that's why when I come home, I'm like, I want to play a video game that potentially has, like, some murder in it or, you know, some kind of awkward humor. That's That's understandable. Uh, Look, I can only translate toddler so many times for... Do you know how many times I have to deal with children booping my nose? Mm. Just walk up to me, boop my nose. Mm. I think so. Right? How about you, Mr. Mickey? Anybody try to boop your nose? (laughs) That's a segue, Mike. <laughs> oh, Mike. Take a nap. You on mute, Mike? Apparently I am, yes. Oh, that okay. was exactly the... 
Did you know that you can somehow hit the same button twice and put yourself back on mute even though you were intending to be not on mute? Mm-hmm. It's amazing and annoying. No, mm-hmm. I do not get booped on the nose. It, I think I would remember if that had happened. It, that is not something that ever happens in my workplace. <laughs> anyway, let's see here. All right, I'm going to talk about Orange Blood for a minute because I, I'm going to try and review it for its release in just over a week. But I can make no guarantees on that because it's only the second boss and it's already stomped me twice. And I know there are plenty of options here, but the game just kind of gives you a couple of quick tutorials here. You you have a whole bunch of guns and they do different things. What it doesn't tell you much about is how do you survive when there's a boss that gets to go thrice in a turn and it has a couple of helpers. And this is a game where you don't really have any standard means of healing. How do you survive that? I don't know yet. So that's fun. Uh, Otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I just spent two hours grinding to get myself from 12 to 17, and I tried it again, and I still got stomped. So I, what the hell am I supposed to be doing, game? I'm really not sure. It's a big freaking robot. I, I don't have anything even close to capable of dealing enough damage to take it down quickly because it's got ten times the HP of a regular enemy, of course. And the the weapons that do the best against these other robots are also stupid submachine guns that just hit things randomly. I can't control where they're going to hit. That That's freaking wonderful. I don't know yet. Uh, now, the game otherwise. Let's see here. It labors under the thought process that because swearing is inherently hip and cool, then obviously we need to swear all the time. We need to say, that's fucking lame, or get the fuck out of my face. Things like that need to be dropped all over the place because that's hardcore, I guess. Sure. And it has a weird thing. You don't walk up and talk to people. Instead, when you walk past them, a little speech balloon appears on the screen and it vanishes. You can't, So if you're trying to follow that, the, the speech bubble will probably vanish before you can finish reading it. And that's annoying because it, it vanishes fast. It looks kind of neat. The combat system is, in theory, interesting. You use exclusively guns, a whole big freaking variety of guns. And once you run out of ammo for your gun, you have to take a turn to reload. And, yeah, I just don't know what to think about it yet. And the soundtrack, of all things, reminds me of Black Matrix, which I haven't thought about in years. But that's what the soundtrack reminds me of, very aggressive percussion stuff. So I will try. I told Alex I would, but I have no way of knowing how long it's going to take me to get anywhere with this thing if it expects me to puzzle through encounters like this and the regular enemies are no joke either i often have to it's simple to heal in this game you either have a limited item or you go use a vending machine and get a whole bunch of root beers which automatically heals you a bit over and over or you put on the equipment that replenishes health gradually and you walk around a bit to get it back that's that's fun sounds dumb it sounds about as much fun as going to the dentist Hey, I get to do that tomorrow. Thanks, Phil. What a wonderful reminder you have just given me. You're so wonderful tonight. <laughs> you know what? When you're there and they got the dr- just remember, Wizardry Labyrinth of Lost Souls coming to PC this month. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be topping the list of best of the decade, Phil. That's... Why would it why would it correlate with Dentist Drill in 
No, it's and just it's to bring you joy. It's to bring you joy, knowing that that's coming to PC. You're going to be able to enjoy it. Oh, okay. Now it makes perfect nonsense. Yeah. Okay, otherwise I was playing South Park Defractured but whole recently, which I had a rather good time doing. I will give us a retro... I guess it is a retro review, but the I, DLC isn't, so whatever. But I, I'm going to review it. I feel like you enjoyed it. I did. And then I know I need to be playing Orange Blood... But I keep getting sucked back into Fallout 4 because where am I now? What is my total clock for this thing? Come here, Steam. Show me what my total time is. 271 hours. Wow. And I'm not done with it yet. I haven't beaten the game. Oh, my gosh. It's not on my – oh, i got to add it to my list. I have New Vegas. I have Fallout 2. I have Fallout 1. Where do I put 4 with Fallout 1, 2, and Vegas? Where does it fit? Is it better uh, than those? Where's, where, does it go in the middle somewhere? Jeez. Fallout 2, I had a blast with, but it's a completely different type of game. The one where you can't really just wander around and keep doing things forever. But I suppose it's on par quality-wise for me. Uh, sure. I really don't know what the hell to say about it, because I don't know that anybody else has been so captivated. Oh, man, I just I just can't stop playing the thing most of the time. Even when there's a stupid bug that causes me to lose a couple of hours of progress because I had a couple of saves from recently and I have to go back to before that and I have nothing except several hours before that. Thanks. But no, I I kept doing it. I went back anyway. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm loving this thing. Uh, And I know I need to get back to Grimshade, too, because I still have to give us a review for that. And I will, but obviously... Plot four intruded and uh, is doing a terrible job at making me be productive for the site in any other way. So I guess the moral here is that if you like this type of game where you are just presented with a whole bunch of things and can take them in any order you want, don't play Fallout 4 if you want to go and do anything else for a while because it will ruin your productivity. Like my productivity for Orange Blood because I so want to go and keep trying at this boss and probably getting stomped into the ground some more which makes me thankful that it's only penalty is losing some money but it doesn't let you save everywhere and that's annoying so I still have to walk through the dungeon in order to get back to the boss <laughs> um, yeah yeah. so those that's my major gaming experience of late and without going into more details of Fallout 4 so just by finally starting starting Nuka World today, which is very interesting. It feels Wild Westy, which is different than the rest of the game. Uh, I know. Let's not be controversial at all. Let's talk about the rise of Skywalker, which no one has anything controversial to say regarding. No, not at all. <laughs> right, Josh? Yeah, right. Probably not. <laughs> I saw it. It's a thing. It exists. Things happen in it. Did you see it, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Is it bad that I just thought it was fine? Like, capital F, fine? Like, eh, meh, you know? That doesn't sound like capital F. That sounds like lowercase f. Okay, yeah, maybe it is lowercase f. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, d- I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's okay. I it thought it moved. Star Wars. I thought it moved way too fast and most of the time. Oh, oh, we're, we're here now? We're at Burning Man on some desert planet? Oh, never mind. Let's move along. Hmm. Don't tell me it didn't look like Burning Man to you. <laughs> uh, no. Lando was there. So. He was. Uh, 
Yeah, and everybody, all of this advertising that's saying, this is the end of the Star Wars saga. Bullshit. Well, it's Disney. <laughs> Disney already has a new Star Wars trilogy set up to begin in 2022. This is not the end. It's not. But, fine, let's, let's play Disney's game. It's the end of Star Wars movies for three years. Yeah. Yep, totally there is. Go. There you go. And we can look forward to Carrie Fisher being digitally revived for more of them, probably, because oh, they've already done it. Just let you know it go, gonna, man. Just you know it it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, you know it is. Uh, I'm sorry. Let it go isn't in my head anymore. It's into the unknown, because I did see Frozen 2. Do they have to give her, like, an acting credit and add it to the IMDb if it's just digital? How the hell are they going to arrange it with this new thing that's supposedly going to have Dave, James Dean? In a movie set in Vietnam, which took place, the Vietnam War took place after James Dean died. Why would you do that? Did uh, did Peter Cushing get an, uh, a credit for Rogue One? I forget how they did that. I think they just credited face double and voice double because, really, that was the that was the work of a whole bunch of CG people who weren't good enough at the job to make me forget that I was watching a CG recreation of an actor instead of the real guy. Well, that and the fact that it's been decades since he died might have tipped it off a little. Look, well, also, oh, they brought him back. <laughs> Wait. Also, I've seen him in enough stuff that I know what Peter Cushing sounds like. That did not sound like Peter Cushing. That wasn't even a good imitator. I'm sorry, we're derailing into Star Wars, Sam. You clearly have no interest. <laughs> no, I saw it. I had to be a, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You well, go past my bedtime. Well, and we know how well, exhausted this. We don't I, go I got a free ticket because my family went also. So what does that have to do with my bedtime? Pay my ticket. Uh, as you go to bed, you'll think of Carrie Russell's eyes being on screen for ten seconds. Carrie, oh, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, the, the very memorable new character who was in a suit most of the time. Oh, I guess Sam really did have to go to bed. Never mind. Yeah, I did not understand what the point of having Carrie Russell to not have her on screen at all. What, what, what the hell was the point of that? Come on, Josh. We saw her eyes for 10 seconds. <laughs> or they might have been her eyes. They might have been body doubles, too. Who knows? Anyway, yeah, I don't want to go too much into it because apparently then we'll be pilloried across the internet, but it is not terrible. It is not great. It is a thing that is a symptom of the everlasting Star Wars that we are going to get from now on. I'll make my controversial statement way better than The Last Jedi. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I will. I maintain. I don't get who are like. Oh my god! It's so much like Empire. It's like no, no. I don't know what movie you watched, but no. Also, I no. Just no. I I appreciate what Last Jedi was trying to do in certain spots. I don't. It was really stupid. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was exceptionally just... stupid by levels of stupid, and I wanted to cry. And by the way. I feel bad for Adam Driver because Kylo Ren is the stupidest fucking Star Wars character they've created since Jar Jar Binks. It's fighting words, I know, but I would rather deal with Adam Jar Jar. Driver does a good job with the role he is given. Let's and I say feel that? bad for him because yeah. he's a very good actor playing an emo get. 
who never redeemed himself. And even when they're like, look, redemption, I was just like, I don't give a shit. I hear a lot of how interesting he is, too, and I, I don't really understand either. Just kind of looking to go, oh, look, he's on the screen. I'm going to go take a five, ten minute nap. I'll come back. Sam, because when I got out of that movie, thing, I don't care. As I got out of that movie, several of my aunts were asking, well, "Why did he? Ha- why isn't he going to be there anymore? Why did he have to die?" Hey, what? Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> look, 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 look. Why I felt bad for Adam Driver mostly. If you can't figure weird. out that his character is going to die, then you don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Everyone should feel sorry for Adam Driver because, man, did they film him in the most unflattering angles. Like, every time his helmet was off, I was like, man, your face is that looking. Pasty, too. And I and I feel for you because it's like, you're not a, you are a very decent looking man. And the angles they picked for you kind of showed that your, your face in the mask is a little chubby. And I feel like if you had to wear that mask all the time, yeah, your face would be, like, kind of puffy and chubby. And just, I felt for him. I really did really did and then also having to play like the world's worst star wars character he was good in logan lucky and he was good in black clansman no he was fantastic in both those movies like that that's the issue it's poor adam driver had to play something that was poorly written and he tried really hard and couldn't fix it he did what he could with what he was given and he probably made out like a bandit from the payroll, so I don't know if we should feel that sorry for him, but yeah, I don't think he wants to go. be remembered for it. No, I feel sorry for him, because unfortunately, I feel like he's going to end up like Macaulay Culkin, and this will be his legacy, because he was in a Star War. I like Guinness. <laughs> in a Star War. Alec Guinness hated Star Wars fans. Oh, yes, I wonder why. Did. Yes, he did. <laughs> let's, let's be realistic. Most of the actors in Star Wars fucking hate Star Wars fans. Most Star Wars fans hate each other. And most Star Wars fans are just kind of all fucking morons who've got nothing better to do on a Friday night. I know this. Man, I love my husband to bits. Scott knows I love him, but when he goes on like, when Jim go on these long tirades about Star Wars, I'm just like, we could dedicate our lives to better things, but okay. Does Scott have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in the house yet? Bought it for him for Christmas, actually. And then I proceeded to tell him that Cal looked like Archie, and he was very upset with me. I was like, when did Archie become a Jedi? And he was like, I hate you so much. I'm like, but he's a Jedi now! Where's Betty and Veronica? Where's Reggie? Like, Where's Jughead? I'm like, I'm like, am I playing? Like, and the worst part is, I mean, he's, he's Riverdale Archie, which makes it better! Angst! And the stupid... So I'm not allowed to watch him play Star anymore. I, I I am not allowed to watch for so many people by pointing out that Cal looks like Archie because now most people can't unsee it either. <laughs> how it is. So, you know, <sighs> feelings about Star Wars. Yep. I, I think all of us have feelings about Star Wars, except Phil, because he hasn't seen it yet. No more spoilers, though, sweetheart. You were very naughty. Maybe we can edit that. No, that would require effort on Phil's part. Uh, yeah. That episode's already too fucking long. But anyways, I'm yeah. also going to head out for tonight. Thank you all for having me. Well, good night, Sam. Thank you for being here. Sorry. No, it's I'm a sorry wonderful episode. Respect, <laughs> Have a good night, everyone, and thank you again for having me. Rest well. Good night. Bye.
Okay. Uh, well, what Pascal else, Mike? Has not come a- <laughs> Pascal has not come attacking me for Star Wars information, so I'm thinking that I have to wait until we actually post this and the trolls can attack. Uh, okay. Uh, so, Josh, shall we spoil everything else about the movie while I'm, I'm doing this? <laughs> Go for it. Well, maybe you might have some hot takes on Final Fantasy to throw in there as well. It exists. Uh, we're supposed to get part one of the seven remake this year, apparently. Isn't that great? Yeah. No, wasn't it neat to see Harrison Ford get dragged on set without... You saw it. He couldn't be bothered to shave that day. No, not not at all. Just getting him there was enough of an accomplishment. Well, I mean, um, he wanted to die in the first movie, so yeah, he, he didn't want to do it. I know, I know the story is that he really, really wanted to die in Return of the Jedi, and George Lucas just would not let it happen. Yeah. So then when they dragged him back for Force Awakens, he made sure that he would not be appearing again. <laughs> and yet they drag him back again. Well, it was one scene, and you can tell he... Well, he put on he put on the costume. <laughs> Considering what Harrison Ford has sometimes been willing or not willing to do, that's an accomplishment. Look at look at what he wore in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I, I guess if we're spoiling things, the one other thing that irked me, like like I said, most of it was fine, but what the hell was Poe? <laughs> like they they kept bringing up like Poe needed to talk to Ray about something and say something important. They oh, wait, brought it up that, like three three times. Wasn't and then Finn? Finn, excuse me, sorry. And then they never actually said it. And you're like, well, what the hell is the point of that? Uh good question. I I can bring up poor poor Leo wasn't in it very much, and yeah, that's because Carrie Fisher died, but geez. Did you have to make it so that she ra- whatever, that could have been done better. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I, I don't know if it was. May, maybe it was just because you knew she was dead, and it was all pieced together that that I was looking for it. But man, it all looked very chopped. All, all of Leia's stuff seemed really chopped together. Like, oh, I've got like two words I can say here. Uh, we have several lines that vaguely relate to the situation at hand. We will use them. Yeah. And damn, I just had it. Uh, oh, oh. C-3PO saying, I'm just saying, I'm just looking at my friends one last time. Maybe I'm misremembering this, but C-3PO wasn't in Force Awakens or Last Jedi that much. He's barely interacted with these characters. And R2-D2, well, is barely in it again because BB-8 has to be there instead, I guess. Sure. Uh, And then, okay, let's, let's just go into the climax for a little bit. If you can move that signal to a different ship, why can't you move it to another ship after that and another? I don't know. <laughs> why can't you have it on every ship? Why do you need a single ship? As the, I'm not even going to go into how the hell do you conjure ten thousand star destroyers out of and no one notices. I, we're not supposed to ask that. <laughs> no, we're not supposed to think about the economics and the uh, resource management that goes on for that sort of thing. But you know, <laughs> but don't don't uh, think too hard. <laughs> no, it, that that is a very bad idea. Oh, hey, look! There was a brief image of of Ray turned to the dark side that was promptly forgotten. Why was that in there at all? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, don't don't, you, don't worry. She just killed some random people. 
You can kill someone we cared about, so it's fine. <laughs> they were bad guys, I'm sure, so it's okay. And we can have her heal a random snake monster underground to show why she can heal later, because that's that's foreshadowing. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the healing in and of itself. It's the Force. You can make the Force do whatever you want. Just You can probably integrate it a little better than have her do it once on some random creature and then forget about it for 90 minutes until she needs to do it again. Yeah, one of, one of the smaller issues. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Uh, oh, hey, remember there was a spy? Yeah. Remember how much that amounted to? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the Emperor got to have some, I, they made no sense, but they were cool moments of the Emperor just being the Emperor, because, let's face it, the Emperor is awesome. Yeah. N- and never that, mind the, the giant chorus of people who were just sitting there doing nothing. Don't know exactly why they, they didn't join in. They are just going to sit there and watch. Were they vestiges of the past? I don't know. I don't know. It looked neat. It did. It made no sense, but yeah, well. it looked neat. Yeah, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, that that way lies madness. Yeah. Okay. I I think we've said enough for now, especially getting given that it's getting kind of late. Phil, yeah, you're up. Uh, what are all the Star Wars spoilers gone? Am I safe? <laughs> you're safe. Yeah, if only I cared about Star Wars. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Just, I really don't. Um, you know, it's really funny. I, I get questioned all the time, like, "Hey, have you have you been you know seen Marvel this or Star Wars that? Hey, Witcher, you know, Witcher. Everyone's watching Witcher, and I'm just like, I don't care because. So I I I try to do some writing, like especially for the site or fiction writing on the side. I've uh, I like to play video games and I like to read and and I have college homework that I do from time to time. So all of that pretty much means I don't get time for, for TV or movies. Um, but anywho, uh, speaking of games and, and writing for the site, I did do a review for Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and I can never remember where the colon goes in that title. Oh, hey, I remember this. Yeah. I helped you proof it. (laughs) I know. Three people helped me proof it, and it's too bad Pascal had to leave, because he he did a really good job of helping uh, catch some really big problems there, but... um, but that's posted, and 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 if you don't want to go and read it, I'll tell you straight up, it's super good. I mean, it really. I mean, Monster Hunter World was a really you know fun game, but I, I you know as I might mention here on this show, and I certainly mentioned on the hunt, it uh, it's kind of held back a little bit in the end game because a lot of the creatures are fire based. There wasn't a lot of variety, uh, and the end game just wasn't very compelling. And it's like they hurt us, and so with Iceborne being the obligatory G rank experience. Adds uh, adds some new monsters, but they're they they're different elements for once, different variety, different attack patterns, uh, different speed of play. Really, they're a lot faster, but uh, it really mixes things up, and it makes it to where when you go into the guiding lands, which is the new in-game lands, and you don't know what you're going to get. You might have a slower fight, you might have a faster fight, you might have a. Uh, you know, all kinds of different things going on, and it keeps it a lot more varied. It feels a lot more like a mixed salad now, so you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, really helps to add longevity to the game. I've I've put now, speaking of games that you put a lot of time into, like Fallout, I've put in an additional 250, 300 hours, if I believe the clock, in Monster Hunter on the save file, and uh, and I still want to go back and play more of it. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, 
recently made this light bow gun that shoots what's called sticky ammo into into monsters. And uh, with this with this is a in game ice bow set that fires them really quickly. And when those you know they're basically like darts that stick into the monster and they have little fuses. And when they run out of fuse, they explode. And it's just super fun when you get like six of those in rapid succession into a monster's face, and the monster just doesn't like being poked, so he screams at you, he roars, he rushes to you just to see them all just start exploding one at a time. And and because they're you've got it set up to where they do knockout damage, it's like someone's punching him in the face. It's very visceral. He'll go he'll just suddenly be knocked back as if someone just hit him underneath his jaw, and then someone whacked him upside the head, and he'll just be knocked all over. It's like a freaking pinata, but you're not touching him. <laughs> it's like stop hitting yourself and, and then he gets ko and knocked on the ground it's it's just it's just classic and this is like a new moment for me after playing the game for a combined total now of over 450 hours so uh, i'm still discovering new things like that that are just super fun uh, on the other hand, I've been playing Dauntless as well, and eh, that one's not quite as compelling. It is free to play, though, so if you don't want to pay for something, uh, Dauntless is free to play. It's got microtransactions, monthly passes, and all that jazz, but it's really just for aesthetic and maybe a couple of quality of life thing are in there, but it's 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 okay, but uh, I'll save most of it for the write-up that I'm going to do. You're going to want to run and read that or maybe a future show. Um if you're over on our Discord channel, uh, I hang out there a lot, especially during the weekdays and, and chatting with people. Uh, everyone's asked me about my new icon because I've changed my – Mike noticed that looked a little familiar to you, right, Mike? It did, although I'm more familiar with that art as depicted in the somewhat super deformed style of Persona Q2. No, oh, this is true. I should have gone with Deformode Joker instead of just straight up Persona 5 Joker. So what's really funny is is if you know me, every year I have a year of something. We've talked about the year of The Witcher before, and that, that, that failed miserably because I read all the books and got burned out. So by the time I actually get around to playing the games, after declaring it's going to be the year of The Witcher, I, I, I failed miserably. But my year ofs in the past have been pretty successful uh, before that. So this is year of Persona 5. We'll see how well it goes because I'm going to play Persona 5 Royal when it comes out. I'm going to play Persona 5 Scramble, and I love my Musou game, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy that. And then I'm going to get to Persona Q2, which means I really need to finish Persona Q1 uh, here. But I've got three months before Royal comes out. So that's my plan is to take up most of my console time. On the computer side, CRPG Club still totally a thing. In fact, if you're if you're in our channel over there, I posted my most recent list of what's... It started off as uh, Top 100 Games, which actually started off because Mr. Mickey sent me an article to another site that had made a list of one, the Top 100 RPGs of all time on the computer. And I took that and modified it a bit. It sounded like you want to say something there, Mike. I'm like, I could, but I... I really want to try and find the list in order to be completely relevant while I address it because I know a few people were complaining. Man, this is all about stuff that would, that people actually still like to play rather than you know Ultima One or Wizardry One. Yeah, there's the there's a link oh, there for it right there. I actually keep it uh, handy because you know I always want to give credit where credit's due. If someone said, "How did you come with the list?" and yeah, I started off with uh, with that top 100 from RPGCodex.net. That they had on a, a blog entry there. I did a lot of modification though, uh, in terms of I took off some of the games that uh, that aren't on GOG that I can't. I, I don't want to jump through a bunch of hoops again. Old DOS game to work. Um, I also took off a couple that I knew I would never enjoy or play or whatever because I played them in the past and I totally didn't like them. And then I added like they didn't really address any action RPGs, any roguelikes. So I've been adding those in as we went along. Uh, for whatever reason, Fallout 4 is not on that list. 
uh, I don't think because it, it wasn't on here when I just looked it up when you were talking about it and, and you know you make it sound like so much fun it really should be on the list and Fallout 1, 2 and I think 3 or, or Las Vegas are I think it's New Vegas that's on here Fallout New Vegas yeah I don't yeah, apparently so they, the Bethesda fix comes with Elder Scrolls games on here hmm. so I went ahead and I went ahead and, and added while you guys were talking and so it's kind of a, a living document in terms of like I will move things around and take things in and out it's not strictly a top the, the list that I'm doing is not strictly a you know in order of how good they are it sort of is because it comes from that side and they did order them that was kind of the start um, and if I think the games are really good I'll put it towards the the lower number like the 1 through 10 or 10 through 20 but there's also times where I've taken like a series of games and put them on the list purely in chronological order, even if in, you know the middle entry was the best because I want to play them in order, right? So yeah, it's, it's it's my little living list. But if you want to play along with us, you can you can come on over to Discord uh, and and join in the conversation on the CRPG Club channel. I know somebody mentioned earlier. I think that they wanted to do. And I'm trying to. I'm looking over the list and trying to remember which one we were talking about. But one of the games on this list, I don't know if it was Lords of Zulma or Ultima, uh, for Tyranny or whatever. But we were talking about playing that together and talking about it. So there is that. Okay, there's, and, a, there's, a, there's Oblivion at the very end of it. Um, yeah, they had they had Oblivion. Uh, I think Oblivion. I think they had Morrowind in here somewhere, but I have to find where it is. Yeah, it's on the list. I, I mean, it's on my list anyways, and I, I, I can't remember if they yeah, exactly where they had it. I don't know why it's a search... Oh, there it goes. I was going to say the search function on my spreadsheet's not working. So I have Oblivion at number 76. I have Elder Scrolls Morrowind at 126, which actually puts it at the next set of playlists, because the way I do things. Um, the higher the number, the more likely it is to get picked. But Oblivion's a little further down the list, and then I put Skyrim. I think Skyrim is like number 10. So hey, look at that. that one. Ultima 9 is not on their list. I can't imagine why. Why? Well, I, I can't either. That was like considered one of the best Ultima games out there. It took the longest to make, so obviously it was the best. Must be the best. Yeah, so yeah. So for example, I got Ultima 4 is 121, Ultima 5 is 117, Ultima 6 is 109, Ultima Underworld 104, Ultima 7 The Black Gates 95, and then Ultima Underworld 2 is number 77, and Ultima 8 is number 64. But since Ultima 9 wasn't on their list, it's not on my list, so... Wait, Ultima Eight wasn't on this list. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I added in like. Do you really want to play Ultima Eight? Because uh, that that may not be a very fun experience for you, Phil. Really, let's double check the. Uh, let me just double check what uh, what I saw on the uh, the, uh, the GOG. Oh, yeah, Morrowind is number ten. Geez, there oh, it is you're on right. their list. We'll just go ahead and take Old Eight off the list. There. See, that's why we have these discussions. Just uh, tighten up the list. <laughs> Remember, although if you want to wa- to do isometric platforming with instant kill water all over the place, Ultima 8 is your game, Phil. Oh, there you go. There, there you go, because why the hell not? I know, uh, I know that's what you want to play an RPG for, isometric platforming with re- precision requirements for your jumping. Well, look at that. Now the list is back down to a nice round 125 games. I put these games on there because we all know Ease is the best, and, and we're going to be having a show in the near future on the Oath and uh, Falgana. So, but I got the other Ease games uh, sprinkled in there as well to, to break up some of these longer RPGs with some good action RPG goodness. So very excited. Uh, we got a lot of cool things on the list. And, and, I can't remember, uh, Josh. Have you played any Ease games? Yeah, yeah. I've played, 
played quite a few games. Not okay. all of them, but yeah, quite a few. Yeah, I've, it, playing all of them is a challenge, especially when one and two have been remade so many damn times. Oh yeah, and then five has never come out. It has not. I played the yeah. Super Famicom version, and I don't remember a whole lot about it except that it felt like a more or less generic Super Famicom action RPG and not really like Ease at all. Yeah. Didn't even look like Ease. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So come over and talk with the CRPG Club. There's there's no there's no obligation if you want to join some playing game. My attitude towards these games is going to be I'm going to keep playing them until I don't enjoy them anymore. Uh, some of the games I uh, will enjoy all the way, like I did with some of the even the gold box games and then other games. <laughs> even though they're considered some of the best of all time, some of these games I don't quite find as compelling. So I'd be happy to, to chat about that some more in there. But uh, yeah, uh, and I'm playing Din's Curse right now as part of that too. Din's Curse is a little known kind of action RPG that does a lot of randomization. Um, kind of like, almost kind of like a roguelike, kind of roguelike action RPG, just taking to the nth level where even the townspeople will have random quests and random things happen to them and, and could die if you don't pay attention to, to those things. And then you don't have anybody to sell your items to anymore. That would suck and would end your playthrough really quickly. So it's kind of, kind of an interesting, I'm, I'm kind of curious to play through for about already put a couple hours into it. See what happens when you like die, you let the townspeople die and then you start over, um, you know, and how that compares with, you know, coming off of a lot of Diablo and having played a lot of Diablo. See how I feel about this game compared to that one. So, uh, yeah. But anywho, that's CRPG Club. Go check it out on our Discord channel. We love to chit-chat with you, and I'll probably write some CRPG articles this year to go along with the experiences for people who just like to read about them. Um, but that's about, I think that's about all we got. Like I said, just go over and check out what's going on, on the site because there's a ton of articles uh, about uh, from people who really love RPGs, uh, just like you do if you're listening to this much of the show. Uh, you either like RPGs or you like Star Wars spoilers. So go over and check it out over at rpgamer.com. Your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Come now, uh, you, you can't say that we were as nasty as certain other places on the internet have been recently. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't know because I don't read Star Wars articles, uh, so I'll take your word Josh, for it. Josh, have you encountered anything like that recently? Yeah, 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 I've seen some of that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think our own Mike Apps was turning off Twitter for a little while because he was sick of people being mean to Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I think that was his entire justification. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, we do have some other podcasts you can listen over to as well, like the RPG cast and uh, the hunt stories for Monster Hunter and Q&A Quest. Uh, so a whole bunch of content over on our website for you to go and check out. Uh, Mr. Minky, you got something to put us to bed with? I would like to say that even though I was not in this game or anything else that we talked about tonight, there is no doubt in my mind that everyone needs to get cereal right now. Yo. Oh. Been so lonely, girl. I've been so sad and down. Couldn't understand why haters joked around. I wanted to be free with other creatures like me, and now I got my wish. Cause I know that I'm a gay fish, gay fish, gay fish, yo. Motherfucking gay fish, gay fish. I'm a fish, yo. Coming on a gay fish, it's alright, girl. Making love to other gay fish, gay fish. Oh, oh, oh. nights at the grocery store in the frozen fish outfit, and like a boy. Cause I wasn't being true, even though everyone said that I had to.
switch Gayfish Now I know that I'm a gay fish Gay fish Gay fish, yo Motherfucking gay fish I'm a fish, yo Going on a gay fish Gay fish Now where I belong, girl Making love to other gay fish I used to be scared Denying who I was Acting straight But then going out to the gay fish clubs Dancing with the Marlins Making out with all the snappers I'd take a salmon home And work that coddle fin for hours But now I'm out Free to love what I want, be it yellowfin or bass or them trout in Vermont. I slap that Marlin ass, make that group of butt shake. I'll come to your house and have an orgy in your motherfucking fish tank. Fish tank. Motherfucking gay fish. I'm a fish, yo. Going on a gay fish. Gay fish. Now where I belong, girl. Making love to other gay fish. Gay fish. I really get around. I'm the slut of the sea. When I say I've got crabs, I mean it literally. I was eating dinner and just had to go down on that back roll on the dish. Cause I'm the gayest of the gay fish. Gay fish, gay fish. Motherfucking gay fish. Gay fish. I'm a fish, yo. Going on a gay fish. Gay fish. Now where I belong, girl. But I got to settle down. I can't be a whore. I ain't gonna just sleep with any fish no more. I found me a lover. Cross-dressing pike named Trish And together we are gay fish Gay fish Gay fish, yo Motherfucking gay fish Gay fish I'm a fish, yo Going on a gay fish Gay fish Now where I belong, girl Making love to other gay fish Gay fish